I just wanted to thank you again, Mr. Connery, for agreeing to come on the show today. I know that I am very excited and everybody will be very excited to hear what you have to say about the Bond series. You expect me to talk? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's what a podcast is. I, I'm, I spoke to your agent on the phone. I, I didn't think there was going to be any kind of mix up. I mean, I was stunned, as everyone will be, to hear that you decided to say yes to this. But, you know, we're no big time promotion, but we do our best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Uh, um, all right, rude. Look, would you rather just sit back here in the corner of the studio and look at old pictures of Catherine Deneuve? Yes! <laughs> You're the man now, dog! Uh, well, they say never meet your heroes. Let's just start the show. And hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Over Under Fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. I am your most ways host dave roldan uh it's been a while sorry about that uh just catch you up to speed we've been gone for a number of months uh life happens and there's nothing against the listening public or doing this show i enjoy both but we just haven't been able to get together for an extended period of time to talk about anything let alone anything to record so we've reconvened a little bit we're gonna start over think of this as like a season two after our uh larry david hiatus and uh i got producer roger here with me as per usual roger how you doing Doing good this afternoon. How you guys doing? Doing pretty good, pretty good. There's more of us here. I'll introduce them. But uh, we, you know, on the show here, we like to take the time to divulge to our topics that we feel they deserve. So we didn't think we could do a show in the time that we've been gone that would be what we wanted it to be. So now that we feel like we have a bit more time and a bit more, I don't know, uh, aptitude to get back to doing this, we're hoping to do this more regularly. I can't promise weekly episodes again, but we're going to try to make the, you know, a more frequent appearance and, you you know give back some more stuff would you say that's fair we we, we want to do this roger <laughs> yes we we absolutely do there's a demand for over under fair I, you tell me that i've only heard it from a couple of people but they they're very they're very persuasive so they got me out of hiding i'm back in the studio and we're gonna make this work so with that said uh the signal went up in the air this week because announcing for bond 25 danny boyle shows up and says he has a script and I'm really excited about the potential to talk about Bond, and I have brought some people I think are also. So introducing with me today, first-time guests, both. We got our, my man Chris. Chris, how you doing? Doing very well. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. And the man, the myth, the legend, Juddy. Juddy, how you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> you sound legendary. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't undersell you. You sound you sound like a legend. So, all right, we yeah. you know we're all friends here. We all know each other, and we're all Bond fans. So, like I said, to get that to get that rolling, uh, the announcement is that Danny Boyle is working on a script with the producers. It hasn't said specifically that he is directing, but Danny Boyle, for those uninitiated, is the director of such fine films as Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, Twenty Eight Days Later, all excellent films in their own right. And I think an awesome addition to any potential Bond movie. Uh, you guys feel about the same? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see somebody different than Sam Mendes behind the behind the helm. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really excited about Danny Boyle. He's done a lot of... <clears throat> diverse films you know uh first my first exposure to him was uh, was train spotting mm-hmm. and then Produce, uh, producer roger's favorite movie or at least one of them yes top five yeah there you go and then uh, of course being also a horror fan 
um, love 28 Days Later as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Juddy, you like Danny Boyle? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Juddy. Juddy coming in hot today, guys. I'm glad we got Juddy on this day. It could have been colder. Um, but that said, we're here to talk about Bond, not Danny Boyle. No offense, Danny Boyle. But that is what got us here. So... It's kind of a very special episode of Over Under Fair. We're not going to necessarily be doing a straight up. We're going to talk about why something is overrated or underrated, but that will come up. We're going to take this opportunity to talk about all of the Bond movies in as best we can fashion in a, you know, a fair amount of time by doing a mock draft. We're going to draft the Bond films. Uh, There's four of us here, which means each of us is going to get six movies. We're going to be able to talk about them as we go. We're, you know, like I said, we're all fans of the series. We all have a lot to say about all these movies. So I figured the best way to talk about all of them at once is just to make our own personal lists. And we, uh, you know, we're probably going to post them on the page and everything for you guys to look at and maybe vote on them. Let us know who has the best list, whose list is the bondiest. And uh, with that being said, I don't want to waste too much time in jumping into it, but I will say it's a snake style draft. So the first, the fourth pick is going to pick twice heading into the second round and the first pick will pick twice at the end of that round you too. only pick twice you only pick twice if you're first or fourth <laughs> um good job so before we do that real quick we'll we'll just kind of go around the table and talk about how we got into the series i know we're all fans but personally speaking uh the first one i remember seeing was like when tnt would run them all the time back in the day uh i saw for your eyes only on tv and wasn't really sure what it was just that i liked it uh not a ton going on in that movie but there is some fun skiing and stuff we'll talk about it later and you know it was interesting and i thought it was neat and there's a guy driving this weird car and there's beautiful women and there's exotic locations and i wasn't entirely sure what i was watching but i knew i was into it and then my dad took me aside and said son i need to talk to you about james bond and that kind of led to where we are now in my mid-30s i'm a huge fan of the series and you know going forward i'm excited for every single one that comes out roger what, what about you my dad used to host uh, a movie night with his best friend back in the 80s, and the first time I've ever seen a Bond movie was Octopussy. It was on VHS, and I remember, same thing, kind of not sure what was going on. I thought it was a, I thought it was an Indiana Jones movie at the time, because there's certain parts of it you, you find out later that almost parallel to it. But oh, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were borrowing. So, yeah, that was the first time I ever watched a James Bond movie was Octopussy. All right. Octopus is an interesting first one to see. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, again, like you, it was my, my dad uh, doing the TNT marathon, Bond marathon. So it's a rite of passage. And I'm, yeah, I think so. And I, I think the very first one I saw, I'm pretty sure it was Live and Let Die. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good first movie. Yeah, and it was just a whole lot of interesting. You got that voodoo imagery mm-hmm. and it, being into horror, you know, it really resonated with me and. And I just was really taken in by it, <laughs> even though it's not maybe the best film. It's not bad. But <laughs> it's, it's not bad. It's, it's a great I, yeah, first movie. Yeah, it, it, does, it checks all the boxes. And, but it, it left an impression. We'll say that. And, you know, here I am. Yeah, well, here you are now. Here I am. Yeah. yeah. And I've never, I've never missed any of the Bonds in the theater since 95, since I was old enough to really understand and go on my own. Yeah, for sure. Right. Johnny? Uh, first one that I can remember seeing and knowing what it was was Goldeneye. I went and saw it with uh, some friends and their dad at the old Wyandotte Theater before. Oh, in a theater. Down. Yeah, man. Look at you. <laughs> That's awesome. And I didn't know what it was. Um, and then I was kind of hooked after that, and then the video game came out, and uh, that's oh, yeah. all she wrote. 
<laughs> I'm, we will definitely talk about the video game whenever Goldeneye <laughs> comes up on this list, I am sure. Yeah, I'm sure it'll probably be pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But speaking of that, uh, we, we've selected our numbers before the draft. Uh, I don't have the music piped in. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that later. And uh, Roger, I believe you are our first overall pick. So Roger, please get us rolling. All right. So number one Bond movie that I'm going to pick and almost gave it away, but I, don't, I, I kind of thought about it a little more that I, really this is for movies we enjoy right technically so i mean hey man you you create the criteria for your bond team yeah. I mean, if, so you, my, if you need a quarterback you know you might want to go out and take goldfinger but if you're just looking for like some wide receiver help you know live and let die is probably suitable yeah you know what i'm gonna go <laughs> so however whatever your team needs if i'm gonna go with a franchise quarterback i'm gonna go i'm gonna start the things off with from russia with love from 1963's <laughs> from russia with love that's a very solid first overall pick uh why and why from russia with love what what's attracting you so, to be the first movie picked on this list the reason why is because i didn't get in the the sean connery bond movies till just within the last five or six years of my life so i was always grew up on um the bond i'll I'll leave that for that in a second but that was the first sean connery bond i watched and it was the way it was done um i i I love that movie i love the villain one of the best bond female bonds of all time bond girls um and just in terms of like the aspect of bomb movies where you see them later that they're one or two years out of date of what's going on currently yeah that 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 happens yeah, yeah. this movie captured that that era pretty perfectly the 60s i agree and the cold it's war very, it's very good of its time like, yeah a, you know a snapshot of what was happening right then correct and that's that's why and, and, and that movie i love I, it was one of, it's one of my favorite bomb movies oh for sure and robert shaw like yeah. we, you know to not to bury the lead here but iconic Bond henchman like all time you know uh, Red Grant is one of the first villains I think of like in any in any periphery in any conversation about any kind of Bond stuff like it is that movie is in, in indelibly etched in my brain as his movie first even though it's technically a Bond movie because he's just scorched earth every scene he's in he's amazing yeah, he's, he is awesome and that's the first time you see Q so oh yeah yeah, that's the first time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, and, and then and that um and that that is the pupil, just like that. He sets a tone for every from here on out. You always associate Russians with blondes. Yeah, they do a lot to play that. Up yeah, and, and that guy, that that guy, you know, he's, he's getting punched in the stomach, and the you know the she comes up to him and punches him, and he's just like, Ugh. like I don't know why it stands <laughs> yeah. out to me, but like no, it is. It's yeah, cause, because it's because he's great. That's yeah, why it and like out you know, and just like the yeah, the, the whole then the, the assassin school, it, it kind of comical in a way because it was like there's like you know flame there's like flamethrowers going on, machine guns going. On. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> absurd. <laughs> Anybody want to jump in? I mean, you guys, you guys can jump in whenever you want. Either of these, since we're we're here, we're just talking, guys. We're friends. Any anybody want to say anything else about From Russia with Love before we keep going? That's probably my favorite Connery. Oh yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's. I mean, you could do worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like that one, and I like uh, probably top two or that and Thunderball. Okay, for sure. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. That's a good first pick. Um. I don't now. I don't want to take away from how good your first pick is because I'm second. But personally speaking, I am picking what I think to be the best overall film across the entire series. I don't think it's too hard for anybody to guess what I'm talking about because I've talked about it before. Casino Royale for me is the absolute final, like after all said and done, the best 
example of what a Bond movie is supposed to be. It's like reboot umpteenth, you know, because it's 2006. It's Daniel Craig's first movie. So they've had a lot of time to get here. The blueprint's been drawn. You know, we've got uh, we've got all the all the tropes are in place. Your beautiful women, your exotic locations, your awesome action scenes. And then Daniel Craig in his first outing as Bond is a is a different bond for the first time in a while where it feels like it's a bond that's vulnerable a bond that you can empathize with he's not he's not just some hardcore killing machine he's a man that has feelings and it's like (laughs) i know that's like a stretch for a series but it needed that so badly at that point in time after coming off of a really bad stretch of a couple of rosin movies but i think casino royale is emblematic of everything i want in a bond movie personally it has literally everything and i can't speak highly enough of it it is my first pick so that is that's casino royale that's my pitch and i i think too i i love that movie that was actually going to be my first one (laughs) (laughs) you you bastard i'm sorry (laughs) hey man random random chance is random chance yeah you know it has everything has that that sweet aston martin it has oh man car so good (laughs) you know uh a good a good villain you know that that, absolutely the the casino background uh it's just such a great great film and you know you at at the end of that movie you see bond going into some metamorphosis that i'm glad is continued in quantum of solace and i understand that that's not really necessarily a really highly rated craig film mm-hmm. but it's hard it's hard to follow a movie like casino Royale. I, I agree i think they were really up against it i think they've done well but we'll when we get to quantum we can talk about why but definitely juddy what do you think about casino Royale? i really liked it in the fact that it was out of all the movies i think it was the closest to the actual book okay yeah that we, should, it was very, we didn't even talk about that juddy you've read these books like I, most of them for sure i know more I, than i haven't read it i haven't read a single one you know i know we're all coming here with a kind of a different appreciation for the whole franchise you know like i'm a movie guy juddy's done both you know i think chris and roger have dabbled so i'm i'm viewing this only through the prism of having watched all these movies but you bring up a really good point though that since this is a literary series before these movies they have a whole well of you know of material to draw from and that is something that sometimes they do more than others and it's yeah yeah, yeah like with most of the movies they'll bring in like the play, basic plot elements of the books and then they just overblow it and i really like with casino royale is that they didn't they didn't have they got away from all of the crazy gadgets which i didn't care for Mm -hmm. and the earlier films and it was very just straight and didn't have all the extra stuff that wasn't needed yeah it's got everything you need without going without having too much excess there's nothing wrong with excess we'll get to some movies that are (laughs) fucking excessive and they are great in their way but casino royale doesn't need it because it's so it's so well toned (laughs) down to the barest of bare essentials all right we could talk about casino royale for an hour and a half by itself i don't want to belabor the point here but that's my number one pick and i believe i believe that means chris you're next eh? Yeah, um, I think. I'm Sorry gonna, about that. I'm going to continue on the uh, on the the Daniel Craig train here. I'm going to pick Skyfall, and Skyfall. I I take that one because I think <laughs> I think it, it is contender for the strongest Craig film. Okay, um, and I say that just because you get the history of of Bond and his his parents, and the the ending of that film is so. Uh, ultimate you know what oh I mean? yeah for it's sure so there's a there's a finale it wraps up it wraps up so many so many loose ends and 
it, for me, one of the really iconic parts is the destruction of the the old the DB five Aston Martin, mm-hmm. yeah. just getting shotgunned and destroyed and blown to pieces. And, and that's not like, a, that's not an accident. Like you know, right. you, you put those in movies because you're yeah. making a point. And that exactly. Is like this is the, the end of this. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and not only that, but it's the end of that old the old bond, if you will. You know, they they use that car as a symbol of you know the Connery and the 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 Moore and the Lazenby era. Uh, they just shoot that thing to hell. <laughs> and so, um, but you know, Judy Dench, her her and her yeah. time her time is up in that one. I guess we should say. I guess we should put a light spoiler warning in here. I mean, a lot of these movies are old as shit, but some of them are yeah. not. Yeah. So we will be discussing these movies as they kind of come to us in our head. So if we drop some stuff about Skyfall. Hey, man, it's like eight years old. You should have seen it. Right. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And if you if you're listening to this, you've seen it. Like you're not going to listen to this because you're like, oh, Bond movies. I've never seen any of them. Perhaps these gentlemen will illuminate <laughs> things to me. You've seen the fucking Bond movies if you're listening to this. So right. these shouldn't be spoilers to you but just in case spoiler warning and uh, javier bardem i mean what a what a fantastic villain i mean he's just really everything that i ever wanted in a villain and i even you even overshadows christoph waltz which surprised me like i I was expecting specter to be this huge finale because i know craig was talking about not coming back and uh we'll get into that more when we actually yeah but but skyfall for me is is possibly the strongest Craig film and I I love Casino Royale I would but, not disagree with you I yeah, actually think I, he is better in Skyfall yeah. and the villain is better like he yeah if it wasn't for the fact that I liked everything else so much more about Casino Royale and the general sense of it right right Skyfall has the other check marks of like the things that I really want to see in a Bond. Has yeah. the best villain, like top three or two. Uh, it's shot beautifully. It yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, and Craig yeah. is great. He's the yeah. the pathos and the you know the actual kind of danger that he seems to be feeling through that movie is all conveyed super well. Like he's top form in this movie. It's it, it's probably his best movie. But again, it's like it's just short for me on my list. But mm-hmm. yeah, Skyfall is a guaranteed top three pick. Like that's yeah, solid. It might be my. My favorite Bond movie. Yeah. I'm sorry Chris took that from you. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. But speaking, it is, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and as Chris was saying that it brings like an end to with the destruction of the car to the old Bond, but it also brings it back to it with Judy Dench dying and M coming in as uh, Ralph Fine mm-hmm. and Money Penny. Yeah, and it's yeah, like it bringing it back into a circle of how the other ones were. Mm-hmm. So if you look at like the James, the Daniel Craig bonds as kind of prequels to the other ones, and it's like the end right, of that yeah. kind of era, and it's bringing it back to yeah, kind of where we where we start the whole series with. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a nice it's a nice vision of like the death and rebirth, you know, and shown like to you. The, uh, it brings in like some history of Bond that isn't really talked about in any of the other. Mm. Um, movies, but they do talk about in the books. Okay, yeah, not in ex- very explicit detail, but it's like hints here and hints there. Yeah, they were they were trying past. to hit a home run with this movie by touching all that stuff, and, and I, they, think, they I think they did. Yeah, I agree. Well, this all right. It was cruelly stolen from you by Chris for your for your first pick, but Juddy, you are our fourth pick, and uh, you're you're on the clock. Uh, I guess I'll just I'll have to go with. Uh, with Don't Goldeneye. make it sound like you're settling. <laughs> Goldeneye? I, I, Goldeneye. I just, I'm going to sing every single song when we pick these movies. <laughs> My bad, Johnny. I'm talking just all Just for everything that it brought, uh, not just 
just for the movie, but for the video game and everything else that it spawned with me. Oh, I mean, for sure, made, yeah. Well, you said it was like the first one you remember seeing, so yeah, it, it, was it definitely first, left an imprint. It was the first one I saw in the theaters, and then the video game came out and spawned my video game playing. Yeah, and that's friends, true for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. And friends that I still have to this day were basically formed over that video game, and I think Brosnan did a good job with that one. Sean Bean, that was my first introduction to that amazing actor. And your first introduction to him dying and everything. <laughs> well, until I went back into his discography and yeah. read, watched all the sharps, but <laughs> that's your and yeah, right. And it was also in that video game, it was so hard to kill Oddjob. <laughs> we so, had, so frustrating. I know that we can't be alone. Like I've, This is a group-to-group thing, but I know in, in my group of friends, there was a no Oddjob rule. Like You weren't allowed to be Oddjob because that's you're, not you're a dick. Yeah, I was like, always Oddjob. Yeah, of course you were. Fucking of course you were. You'd be the guy. I, you would be the Oddjob. I had muscle memory where when it went to the player select, I knew how long <laughs> just instinctively to hold the hold the joystick down until it stopped on him. Now that's not, that's bad. Now why was a knickknack a playable character? <laughs> I know it seems like you could balance the play field a little bit if you have two of them. You know, if you have knickknack and odd job, at least two of you get to be dicks. It's not just one. I think uh, I think it's important too to to point out. And Goldeneye is a really good choice here because Goldeneye is kind of like the first. Not the first, but like the the most recent like big redoing of the whole franchise. Like we, you know, we got to the end of the Dalton movies, and the movies had kind of fallen off in popularity. Like the '80s were such a plethora of action that spy stuff kind of took a back seat to super over the top stuff, and it wasn't as appealing. Like Bond kind of lost a lost its foothold in like the popular consciousness of you know film going and stuff. So they really had to make this movie good, and they really had to you know make this a hit and they delivered on all fronts like it's it's a great movie all the way around it's a great bond movie and pierce brosnan does a fantastic job of pulling that name back up and being like no i this is what a bond movie is and i'm going to give that to you and he killed it yeah i think it's his best showing as bond oh hands yeah, down it's I, not I even close he nailed it there and then after that <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. yeah and that that to me is essentially quintessential Pierce Bronson Bond in a mm. sense that if for like for whatever reason even like because you look at him playing Remington Steele in the 80s a little bit um, that was a different it's almost similar characters because he was kind of the same thing but he I brought some of that to he Bond brought, yeah. He brought, yeah he brought that some of the Bond but I think Goldeneye was the kind of like the, set him in a sense that he established himself as Bond and like it just making himself a little more not as comedic per se, but just a little, little bit darker than what you know. What you're still feeling things out a little bit, but I, I don't know. I thought he gets really dark in that movie. Yeah, he lightened it up from uh, Dalton. <laughs> yeah, but, from License to Kill, yeah. <laughs> which is one of the darker bonds, but yeah. that will come up. Yeah, but, but yeah, he, it was it was a shift in a tone that definitely needed to happen, yeah. and he he was the right guy for it. Yeah. Oh, I feel I feel like it's interesting. I don't know if I'm the only one that would mention something like this, but. Um, 89 was the last Dalton, correct? So, and then the Berlin Wall came down in 89, and then you didn't have any more bonds. It was almost like we didn't need him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, they he, actually, he is a relic a, of the Cold War. There's an M line. In, yeah, right. it's, it's in that movie where yeah, M kind yeah, of throws yeah. away about how she misses the Cold War. Yeah. Like, they, they start the movie by mentioning that to you. Right. Like, what do we even need you for right, right. now? Right. You know, like, you, and, you don't exist in the same and I world. Think that was that was one of the first ones where it was like a technological. Uh, like a, a bad a, a bad a Bond villain was looking at something technological. They were looking at lasers or yeah, yeah. Or, um, or some kind of electromagnetic pulse or something like yeah, that. And and satellites I, and all that shit. And like I know I think 
Zorin did that in A View to a Kill, too. He was going to yes. flood Silicon Valley and corner the microchip market. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a ridiculous <laughs> thing, but... We'll talk about that. We'll get there. Oh, we'll get man. There. Um, okay. It just threw me off because I, I love Christopher Walken. Um, anyway, doesn't? yeah, I know. If you don't, uh, you're not American. <clears throat> Juddy, you... If there's more to say about Goldeneye, please say it. But if not, you have another pick because you're you're starting off our second round. So uh, make your peace. Goldeneye. And brought up about the Cold War and then what it symbolized in the movie. Uh, it was, you know, a, a rogue faction of a country going out. And that's more present in today's culture. I mean, it was almost, mm-hmm. you know, terrorism. Right. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Point. Brought it to that. Uh, for my second one, uh, we'll go because he might still be my favorite Bond. Is Dalton? I'll have to go to. Ooh, this is really high for a Dalton movie. I'm excited. <laughs> Living Daylights. I'm not singing the Living Daylights. <laughs> it's nothing against Aha. I just can't hit those notes right now. My throat's a little weird. But uh, all right, yeah, man. So and that's af- Dalton's first outing, Living Daylights. Talk us up. And after uh, watching Goldeneye, it's one that I vividly remember watching for the first time. And I liked his portrayal as Bond uh, for reading the books, which I had done at this point. I, To me, he was the closest to the character. Uh, that Fleming wrote. You, yeah, you're not alone in that. That's that's something that you hear a lot from people. Like Dalton is kind of the the best literary embodiment of Bond across the whole series. That that's an opinion I've heard a lot of people use, and I think it's fair. From what I I mean, I don't I can't fucking say because I've never read them. <laughs> but from hearing it from so many people I know have, like it seems like it's legit. But you here you are telling me that that's true. So, <laughs> well, it is for for my interpretation. Yeah, which. You know, it's just an interpretation. Your and interpretation is important, Johnny. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. And that might be a. It might be why I like that movie so much is because of its because, because of, of that. the character being. And it was after the Moors and the Conneries. It wasn't humor. It was rather dark. Mm-hmm. And I do tend to like those kind of movies more. <laughs> Yeah, and it just it stuck in my head just how dark and the portrayal of him as Bond. Just this, I don't really have any feelings. I will do what I have to do, and I don't care. Mm. And there's yeah, there's <clears throat> there's a, a number of ways to approach these movies, and th- I think those worked for those particular the, the Dalton set, like the way the way that they crafted them. I I think they get uh, they get unfairly accused now of being i don't know like there's something missing like they're trying too hard to kind of parrot some of the style of other things that was happening at the time which is why some of them may have felt a little darker but i think it's important that they exist that way because it's a good it's a good portrayal of what that period was in the canon of films like it's it's cool to see bond go through like roger had alluded to earlier like you can look at some and be like oh they're like two years behind a trend or they're this is definitely a 60s movie like you can watch those movies and be like yeah this fits like this is a this is a late 80s thing these movies and these you know like the colors and the way things are set up (laughs) it's a bit more prevalent in license to kill but you know living daylights so many pastels (laughs) yeah (laughs) living daylights is definitely you know it's definitely an of its time thing but in a good way like I, I think it's good to have these movies to represent the kind of 80s that were happening because the more movies don't do that as much yeah. like his you know his or his 80s movies yeah. it was almost like a palette cleanse of yeah totally from more 
It was a palate cleanse. <laughs> they desperately needed palate cleanse. Depending on your mileage may vary on Roger Moore. I'm not a huge fan. So these these movies in contrast to those are fantastic. You know what? I, Ro- Roger Moore had his had his good movies. Yeah. None of them were in the 80s. <laughs> None of them were I, I, don't, in the 80s. I don't think so. It, uh, uh, there's a, there's a, a quote somewhere that says, uh, I think Roger Moore said it himself, where he said, I was 400 years too old to play Bond when they interviewed him about A View to a Kill. So he was... He's saying like he was older than, um, than the Bond girl's mother. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and he said that's just it wasn't believable. Yeah. yeah. Credit to him, Roger. You're gonna say something. I was gonna say the one thing about the secondary characters too in the living in the living daylights too was John Ray Davies who played General uh, Pushkin, oh. the new head of the KGB. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I liked him as a, as as kind of like a uh, kind of secondary character because. You look at some of the secondary characters in just out the Roger Moore, where a lot of they didn't really kind of some of the villains and some of the other guys kind of don't have memorable. But I thought he did a really good job playing. And you, you remember him from Indiana Jones as yeah, well, yeah, for sure. So, but I thought he did a really good job in that movie. And that I don't know why that performance stands out to me so much. But well, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's in that good movie in the movie. And, so, um, it's uh. I mean, depending on how you feel about this too like another thing people point out about this movie is that bond is effectively uh like buddying up with the taliban in afghanistan like the way this whole thing ships out like who it is he is actually you know using to you know uh further the end agenda of this movie or like is like a terrorist faction and that is sticky i mean it's whatever none of these movies are perfect and, but if but we're gonna if we're gonna point something out that's kind of ironic in hindsight that's kind of ironic in but hindsight. then if you do that then it draws the parallel also with you know british being our allies no uh, rambo you're totally right <laughs> this is this again the 80s were a really weird time kids what is it if, rambo 3 yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's a fun it's a fun time to look back on sometimes not so fun to look back at other times but no living daylights is a solid pick and that's like a that's a cool it's good to talk about dalton this early because he only has two movies you know, which is one more than the least amount of bonds that one guy did, but it's it's still cool to get them out in front ahead of some of these other things. I was I was under no circumstances thinking that more would go on this board before Dalton with the people I've talked to in this room. So I'm glad he went so high. That's like that's that's nice to me to see Living Daylights getting some getting some props, you know. And also, it's got it's got like a it's got a pretty good soundtrack too, which and I which I appreciate. I do really like the the opening for it. Oh yeah, it's great. The opening's great. Um, all right. With that being said, we're gonna move back to Chris here. So Chris, this is your your number two your number two pick here in our second round. Uh, I'm gonna go for low hanging fruit here. I'm gonna say Goldfinger. And just because it, to me that is the quintessential Bond film. It's the first the first bond you know it's I mean, meaning connery mm-hmm. <laughs> um you have you have <laughs> i did it that time nicely done <laughs> um you have you know you have the iconic theme song you have the iconic the iconic, theme the iconic song. like it is right. one of the like two or three right. that immediately yeah. jumps yeah. to your head uh, the iconic uh villain Oric, mm. Oric, well, Goldfinger. I mean, Oric, A U is his first two letters, <laughs> yeah, and that's the chemical symbol for gold. <laughs> so it's there's a lot of little puns and things that would become, I feel like, passe or you know, it's something you expect. But it's not that. Like, no, it's this, not. This right. Sets so the template. Right. Like, so this, yeah, this is, is the template. It's it's the, ar- the archetypal 
Bond movie. You Pun know. fully intended. It's the gold standard right. by, which all <laughs> other, by which all other Bonds are then formulated. Exactly. The elaborate traps. Uh-huh. You know, the, the laser. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> you know, it just... The, the suits, the, the, yeah, the car. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's everything. It's it is, everything. To me, it is the movie. And, you know, I'm a big fan of From Russia With Love, but Goldfinger is, is Connery's shining moment for me. I th- I think... I think on a on a toss up, I'm still I'm still in camp from Russia with love, but only only by a hair. Like if I'm, I guess if I'm you actually said it correctly. If I'm picking between like Bond performances, I think Connery's best Bond performance is Goldfinger. Like he's he's transcendent. Like all all yeah, over the screen, yeah. just oozing every single ounce of just masculine perfection. Which is you know it's I can't really say too much about some of the problems of this movie without you know wanting to reel myself back a little bit but right. all things being fair the movie is still great like there's there's nothing wrong with what the movie does in setting up the rest of the franchise like right. it does the cars the the villains the gadgets without going too overboard on the gadgets right. like, especially when you compare it to something like dr no where mm. it was a little more reserved dr yeah. no is kind of muted and by they, comparison and, they, and and you know it's his, it's the first it's the first bond movie right official yeah. canon yeah so I mean, I can see where they may have wanted to see, well, let's see how it performs. And then whatever worked, they amped it up. And whatever didn't, they toned it down. So for me, that was Goldfinger is just the, it's the Connery movie. Yeah. <clears throat> you can see where we go, where we, where we get to it from Dr. No to from Russia with Love right. to Goldfinger. Right. And it's like, it's the perfect chronicle. You know, those movies are so strong and they are, you know, in ascending order, like, you know, good, better, best. Like Goldfinger is... What the, what the fuck else can I say about it? I should stop talking. <laughs> Juddy, what do you have to say about Goldfinger? You got to say something. I jump. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. To bring it up. God. Ah, oh, Juddy. <clears throat> So so did your did your love of odd job in the 007 game translate into the film? Do you feel do you feel rosy about odd job the character? Not really. No. But. He's got a hat, he throws it. He does. <laughs> and and he would rather he would later be random task. Yeah, which is an excellent an excellent name. It just seems very inconvenient to have a razor in your hat. <laughs> He's aware just, of it though. Just so. ask Kung Lao. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a Kung Lao, I was gonna make a Kung Lao reference too. Nice stop, Chris. Nicely done. Uh, but is it inconvenient to you if you know the razor is there? Like you know it's there, so you're not going to adjust it or anything and touch it and shit. It's only really in, you know inconvenient to the people you're throwing it at. And the and the dynamics, the aerodynamics of that hat are impressive. Very yeah. impressive. It's it's solid. It stays. My man is all pro. Just got to be very careful when you go out to a fancy dinner. Yeah, uh, among other things. I don't think Odd Job's taking too many public fancy dinners. <laughs> I have a feeling my man's on retainer just kind of waltzing around a mansion or something here and there. Or, you know, walking through a garden. There is no hat check girl for him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. No hat check. Oh, poor Oddjob. Maybe Oddjob had a really sad life now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, he's dead now. So, <laughs> fucking whatever. Uh, Roger, what's your two cents on Goldfinger? Goldfinger was a movie, like I said, it was one of those movies I watched a little later in life. So, I had a... When I, I watched it again for this because I wanted to take away the Austin Powers references and all that. I want to watch it with a clean palette because there's so many of those movies that parry it. They're like do some parody of it in some sort of way, oh, shape, for or sure. form. Yeah, it's- so watching the movie purely, I, it, I, I think it's the top five, my one of the top five favorite Bond movies of all time. And you know, it, it, it's a movie that, yeah, it does have the corny lines or anything like that, but. Uh, 
again, that movie was, I think, same thing. A great capture of time, time in the time capsule as well. Yeah, I'd agree with you. All right. Oh, man, that's back to me. Well, here's the thing. So I mentioned earlier that I am not a huge Roger Moore fan. He is my least favorite Bond. Uh, it is nothing against Roger Moore. I think his movies do a lot of things that were necessary or at least felt necessary then. You know, kind of lighten the character up a little bit. He's not quite as sexist and he's not quite as, you know, overbearing and, I don't know, too macho. But if there's any movie that Roger Moore did, and there is one, and it's this one that I'm going to pick, that I think is a very good a very good representation of what I think the character is for me and what I want to see out of these movies. Uh, Live and Let Die is the only the only example of, of a Roger Moore movie that I like truly love. Like I again, Roger Moore not my favorite Bond, but this movie is pretty solid. Like it's it as Chris said from having seen it, it's it's got a lot of stuff going on. There's the voodoo elements, you know, the New Orleans stuff is cool when they're there. They go to some places you hadn't been to, which was neat. You know, like seeing Bond in America is always kind of weird. <laughs> so right, that's, right. that's fun. Um the villains are iconic, you know, the some of the stuff is ridiculous with the my man Kananga getting blown up like a fucking balloon <laughs> with, with some fucking shark pellets or whatever the hell they talk that way around. But uh it's still you remember it. Like, you know, yeah, I saw the movie when I was like twelve and was like, What is this? Well, it was it was strong enough to make me a, a Bond fan. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, like it was Yeah. It, and I feel like it bridged it brought a lot of elements in from other kinds of movies. Like you have um I'm not sure if is is uh, Kananga the first African American villain villain in the series. In the yeah. series. Yeah. yeah, so it bridges. I feel like in the 70s it bridges from black exploitation films. Well, they you bring know, in a lot like, of that. Yeah, like, that, that like, is touch all over the place. You know, you got movie. like the Pam Greer type and the Fred mm-hmm. Williamson. Yep. and You know, Hell Up in Harlem and Black yeah. Caesar. You got all those kinds of movies that are out, and they they kind of bring that influence in, and then at the right what, time, like right. you know, because Roger, right. We keep going back to it, but like sometimes Bond is a step behind what's happening. But right. no, this is 1973. This shit yeah. is everywhere, and right. they're like, let's take advantage of that. Let's let's throw and, some of that element. And, and for perspective, you think, you know, only five short years before that was 68. And, you know, you had a lot of civil rights things going on, and it's amazing. Yeah. You know, that, that in five years now you have uh, African-American Bond villain. You have... Um, and a good villain. Like, right, yeah, know, absolutely. Yabba yeah. was good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, and then with the... Like you mentioned, the voodoo influences. You have... You bring in elements from, from horror movies or other things mm-hmm. that, you know... Maybe it was a little bit, little bit ahead of something like Serpent in the Rainbow, but a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe ten years or so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. It brought in a lot of influences from external, other kinds of movies, which and, uh, which helps these movies. Like there's yeah, there's there's two schools of thought. You can look at this stuff when they ha- when it happens and say like, oh, it's stealing, or you know, like oh, it's you know, uh, co opting things, it's appropriating, appropriating. That's what I was looking for. You can look at it that way, or you can say like, well, it's capturing something of the moment and it's using things as elements to further its own narrative like to make the movie feel like it's happening now when the now is and that's good you know like it is necessary to use the things around you to prop up your own stories it's 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 not like they're wholesale taking things and saying like well this is now a black exploitation movie and it's a bond movie too like that would be appropriation in a bad way right but this is like no we're in new orleans and this is a specific thing that happens here so let's play into that a little bit and you've got the creole influence yeah, and the, and the diaspora. You know, I mean, you've, mm-hmm. you've got 
the and that, that uh, and yeah, and that like that funeral march down the street right, is like such yeah. a cool scene. Yeah, cool scenes and bombs. Yeah, and has like that awesome death picking the dude up in the casket and shit. Like, there's really cool stuff this movie does, and I I want to give it credit by taking it this high because I think overall it's a really good movie, and it has you know we haven't even talked about like the theme, which is not something we need to talk about every single time if you don't want to. But I'm a big music guy, and the themes to these movies are almost as important to me as the movies themselves. And the theme of this movie is a huge hit. It's a movie. It's a song that everyone knows at a certain age. Like "Live and Let Die" is a massive success as a song. So it's you know it's worth pointing out. Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yep. it's kind of a big deal. Yep. They asked him to write it, and he said, "I'll write it only if I can actually do it." They only wanted him to write it. They didn't want him to perform it. Oh no, shit! I didn't actually know that. I didn't know that either. Well, yeah, it's wild. Who the fuck wouldn't want Paul McCartney to do yeah. a song? Like, I know. Yeah. It's 1973. Yeah. He's the giantest right. star ever. Yep. Uh, they didn't want another silly love song. Uh, uh, <laughs> or, I mean, it could come out with a later hit, 1979. Or, so 75. <laughs> For what? What was the song he did with, called 1970? What that year? 19, 1985. 1985. 1985. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Oh, 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 oh. All right. This is not a Wings <laughs> podcast. Right. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, again, real quick. Live and Let Die, excellent movie. If if I'm going to have to watch a war movie, that's the first one every single time. Like I, I would agree. Mention. I would agree with that. May I mention too? Um, yes, please. You guys talked about this too. The transition from more to to uh, Timothy um, Dalton. Dalton. I don't know why. I was going to say somebody else, but Timothy Leary. Yeah, Tim- <laughs> I was going to draw a blank. Well, but you look at coming off Diamonds Are Forever, which was not a really good Bond movie at all. It was, it it was one of the, it, 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 to me, it aged badly. This was a good transition from that. Yeah, you know, and unnecessary. Yeah, and the way the opening scene, you know, him like just like. It, the suit and everything was a lot different and Roger Moore coming like you know I'm not used to seeing it like that was I saw Roger Moore in the 80s so that was the first one I seen in the 70s I'm like oh my god he aged I mean he he aged badly but yeah um but Jane Seymour is one of my favorite Bond women of all time. Her first movie too. Yeah, right? she Intr- looked, introducing Jane Seymour. She looks fantastic. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's yeah. beautiful in that movie. She, and, she still is. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's she looks great. But, but I think it's another example. That's a really good palate cleanser from what you saw. The, the kind of the mess of diamonds were forever. But they brought them back based off what you know what happened. But we'll get to that mm-hmm. later as well. So yeah, solid. Roger, I you're you're you have the next two picks. Uh, since this isn't recorded, you didn't get to see Roger's minor tantrum when I took "Live and Let Die," so I'm sorry about that. But now <laughs> okay. you have you have two picks okay. to uh, to redeem yourself here, and you can you can go ahead and take your next selection. Okay, so my next selection is going to be on Her Majesty's Secret Service. There it is. All so right. I saw that um, for the first time just a few weeks ago, and I watched it again just a few nights ago, so I can make sure that my decision behind this movie is valid as why I chose it as such a high selection. And George Lairsby, I read all the stories about Bond and, and why, you know, everybody talks about how pan this movie is. and But I think it's one of my, it's honestly one of my favorite, it's not only one of my favorite Bond movies of all time, it's it's kind of getting up there with the bullet is one of my favorite movies of all time, period. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really love this movie. I, I liked, you can see George kind of struggling with the accent. You know, he's Australian, so he's kind of struggling with the accent. But, you guys talked about vulnerability. 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 Uh, <laughs> Bond, this is the first time you see Bond in that kind of position outside of, I mean, you, you of course are used to seeing Sean Connery. People are probably upset watching this. But if you look at him, when he meets Tully Savalas, and then they, when he gets clubbed. When As he meets, Blofeld. Tully yeah, Savalas is Blofeld. Blofeld, so not, yeah. yeah. 
not the first time Blofeld's been portrayed, but right. it's Telly Savalas playing Blofeld. Yep, yeah, I should uh, preface that. Thank you. Um, you see him getting clubbed, and then in the in like the whole psychedelic thing, they kind of captured it. They didn't really go into the era too much. That kind of you could have like, you know. Bond's obsession with skiing comes out here the first time. Not the the first, but not many times where skiing would come up for Bond. But Bond like skiing, man. Yeah, and skiing. I'll, skiing's fun to shoot. Yeah, it's cool. Outside of the bad blue or blue screening or whatever green screening they did for it, I love the movie, especially the end where you you see this great it's finale. It's a hell of an ending. Yeah, it's one of the, like it's, it's, like it's great finale. You see them get married. You see, you know, like she saved his life and like you see them like legitimately have this bond and they're just really getting along and everything's going well. A uh, bond, yeah. <laughs> um that I was waiting for somebody to yeah, pick that up. Uh, and then they you know car you know take the car to the side and then Bonefield comes up and they shoot her and she's dead. And he's just sitting there the moment when he's holding her and the guy comes back and he's, the guy's like, everything's okay. And he's like, it's going to be okay. And she's just, just, I think of her and she's just resting. And that's it. That's the way the movie ends. Yeah, dude, it is a fucked up ending. Yeah, and it like, is one of the to, mo- get, to get from the start of the movie where it's like, we got a new Bond. No, 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 60s, look at my suit. Yeah. It and is. then it ends with a fucking woman getting shot in the head. Yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah, and it just... I think Larrysby does not get enough credit for the way he handled that scene and the way he even as like a, a like the guy was a menacing figure and even during the fight scenes he didn't he didn't seem like he was just graceful he's just something about him I don't uh, know what until it, Daniel Craig he's the only Bond I thought who could actually kick a lot of ass yeah exactly like, straight yeah. up yeah to exactly with he, the, imposing physical yeah presence. yeah right. it, it did and you like you see him when those um they storm the tower and he's just like just kicking ass all over the place but the way he even like. You, you don't even see him driving. This is like the first Bond movies. You don't see him driving a car a lot either at all. He's he's on the run the entire time. Right, it is. It's a strange... It's like an against-type movie. Yeah. Like, it's like, very weird. Yeah, and he somehow survives it all by just seriously wit. Even, if, I mean, he you know, he, him being the, um, gene, the genealogist or whatever that the proper title for that is, mm-hmm. struggling through that. That's why it's my... Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh... There's been something of a of a sea change of opinion on this movie in the past like ten or twelve years. This was a movie that everybody kind of wrote off, but it's getting a much it's getting a different look now in like the last like I said decade or so, and I think that's good because this movie is really really good. I I see it's it's usually rated in the top five. Yeah, on a lot of different that did not used to be the case. No, yeah, <laughs> on a lot of different Bond websites and and podcasts and and people who do just bond mm. really seem to like this movie and i remember watching it and that opening is just a car chase and mm. i feel like they took they kind of co-opted that for the beginning of quantum of solace where they zoom in on the aston martin speeding through the tunnel and that was really 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 cool and i know on this one he's driving on the beach i think yeah in the yeah. car right yeah just kind of kind of cool i think it's very yeah. telling that with uh, Spectre, this the talk happened, and now it's happening again. This movie comes up a lot as the movie people want to see get made again. Like right, it's right. something that people keep bringing up. Like, well, they could just make another Honor Majesty Secret Service. Like this, people want to see this movie again yeah. with newer, you know, with a right, newer right. Bond and a different presentation, but not whole wholesale different. Like this movie is great, and people want a newer one because it's good. Like it has its own problems with being super sixties, and you know the 
them having to work at the time with having a new guy and right. you know like right. well this didn't happen to the other fellow like they make reference to the fact that he's a new bond and it's kind of you know that you can kind of explain away but it's still it was difficult for people to appreciate at the time but now it's an in-demand kind of movie and right. i think that's really cool and and i don't know if this has any bearing on anything but when i went into disc replay i saw it for <laughs> i saw it used okay okay and it was the only one of all the Bond movies, that was fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I said, man, I really want this movie, but I don't know. It's <laughs> demand, man. <laughs> right. like if, if exactly. You can charge more exactly. for it because it's the one people haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know how much more I could add to any of that. It's <laughs> You can find the words, Jody. I have faith in you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or not. You don't have to. Yeah. I want to include you, though, man. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. You're spitting all this hot odd job fire. I thought maybe <laughs> I could try to get you to talk about somebody else. In in, in, this, in the spirit of, of the spirit of your podcast, I would say that Lazenby is underrated. Absolutely. As Bond. The most underrated. And, and like, with Dalton as a close second, also underrated. I would agree, but I think this movie deserves a spot in a high conversation like i think people should talk about it more i think it should be watched more it is single-handedly if dalton could potentially be the most underrated bond because he has two movies and people don't care about him as much this is the most underrated bond movie like Agreed. maybe not anymore because it's, yeah. it's definitely getting some do now right. but for the longest time it was and it probably still is this movie's fucking good if, yeah. if i could if i could take own right it's it's just a good movie yeah if i could take a moment to draw a parallel to the horror movies because sure. this is my this is where this is what i this is what i like yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's like john carpenter's the thing where it came out and people wanted another et in 82 and panned when it yeah, came out yeah. you know it was just reviled and then now it's indicated who as can one say of, anything one of, bad about it yeah, one of like, his best absolutely know? and still great like right. if we're going to talk about that for a minute it's fun, still amazing fun fact about that movie Chris I can't watch that movie and I literally if I watch that movie I have to watch something afterwards because I, I to this day that movie still scares me enough that where I, I avoid a dog for a week I'm dead serious yeah. Yeah. like that movie still haunts my dreams I'm yeah like, it's it's a good one it's yeah. they're, they're sitting there chilling drinking the J&B at the end and we'll save that for our Carpenter yeah. cast whenever we end up doing one of those Carpenter please, cast. please please do that soon please do yeah. that soon we can do that soon yeah. but anyway that being said uh, Roger you have another pick yeah so my other pick is the excellent pick by the way thank you thank you um uh, this is another one that it was the second movie I watched. This, this is the first movie or second movie I watched my dad all the way through and made a point to make me watch it with him. And I watched this in the theater when I was younger. It was one of the first movies I ever seen in a the theater, and that was License to Kill. So License to Kill is my movie. I watch every time it's on, and it's also a bad. You know, first of all and foremost, my dad and I. My dad would say this phrase. He'd say "kekpakete," which is you know. BS essentially. I was going to say this actually would be a bit more on a weird personal level for yeah. the two of you. Being yeah. Cuban, yeah, you know, it takes place in a, an area kind of familiar to you and your dad, obviously. Yeah, so that's what my dad, like the guy, the, he was talking about Benicio Altillo's character in the movie, and then uh, Sanchez himself. <laughs> so these guys are bad Cubans, and he always, you know, honeymoon. <laughs> so that, that's a movie that. I it was the first this was the only bond was one of the first bond movies I ever seen in the theater until recently and the reason why I, I was thinking about this movie so much is we talked about I, I, it, when I was in high school if you said you liked the Timothy Dalton Dalton Bond you got ostracized because yeah, it's about weird high school well, yeah well, that's, well, that's, you know down you like the Dalton Bond yeah Dalton the fuck yeah, out of here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Bond is unhinged you know he, he has his license taken away from him 
you know. It's um, one of the many examples of him going rogue. Yeah, <laughs> right. But what I remember about it specifically was is that he, Dalton sells it better. You know, you I see, I agree. Yeah. I fucking I love this movie. Yeah, because you know, like the reason why you look at George Larensby kind of when he, he doesn't sell, he just kind of makes this weird face. Dalton's like, no, screw this, man. Scorched earth. I'm going. I'm going. Felix is dead. You know, his best friend. Well, Felix doesn't die. No, not dead. But he, uh, he gets he gets chewed up by some sharks. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he does but his, like what an his arm and a leg. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets all fucking maimed. But his wife, his wife dies. His wife dies. Yeah. You know, God forbid a man has anything to do with revenge if there's the, not a woman dead first. You know that powder blue talks <laughs> with the ruffles and everything, but. But the Bond, also you know, the the Bond woman too as well. It was that short hair '80s thing that stood out to me. I always remember that. But Carrie Lowell, man, yeah, what oh. a Bond! What a that's an underrated Bond girl, in my opinion too. Oh, pulling right at my heart. Oh man, she's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love um, Carrie Lowell so much. I, I've watched dozens of episodes of Law and Order just because she was on them. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she was a pr- um, prosecutor. Yeah, man, nice, nice she call. was the best. Um, but what I like about this Sorry, movie, tangent. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway. It's okay. Um, what I like about this movie, outside of the, it doesn't tie into anything that's going on. It, it's kind of a Bond movie you could watch. You can tell, obviously, it's in the eighties because of the short hair. Well, yeah, they're using. I mean, the drugs and shit are yeah, all over it. The so drugs, it ties yeah. into like a late eighties aesthetic. Yeah, aesthetic. and like Chris said earlier, the fucking neon and shit. The design of that movie is so fucking ugly. Looking yeah. back on it now, but at the time and like watching it, I can it's appreciate. Yeah, See, I appreciate I, the aesthetic I, I, now. I like that aesthetic. It's almost like it. It was like reaching elements of. Miami Vice which right. was oh absolutely the, you know even though Miami Vice at this time was off air at this point because this is 89 but uh, Miami Vice what ran 84 to 87 something like that I can't remember when <laughs> I don't fucking know <laughs> I, I don't, I'm just I'm just but anyways it added elements of Miami it had like a Miami Vice feel to it <laughs> this is a what, Vice yeah. cast yeah <laughs> yet <laughs> Crockett here where's, um, look. where's Jan Hammer yeah <laughs> the, the, oh, the, the, Michael Mann walking into the studio right now hello Michael Mann the, the semi on one wheel thing is a little you know a little extreme oh, whatever ridiculous but still it's bond, I, I don't know it's somehow someone timothy or timothy dalton in this movie as bond it was i loved it in the movie theater and i just i love the brutality of a little bit it, it goes right to the gusto they don't mess around with the gadgets too much it's a little bit of everything and you get timothy dalton as a bond so yeah that's that's what i like about it that's my that's my second pick I can't remember, but is that the one that has the beginning, or that they're on Gibraltar and it's a training mission? No, this is they get they get parachuted in for Felix's wedding. Yeah, okay, yeah, and it's fucking dumb, yeah. but in the yeah. best way possible. Yeah. I know we all love this movie. Like this is a movie I've actually talked to everybody I, I, it's about. It's probably the one I have seen the most. Yeah, for sure. And I can't. I just screwed up the beginning. I don't know why I was. You're good. You're putting good. both of them together, but I'm forcing you to talk on a microphone. Sometimes you forget things. It is okay. But no, talk some more about this. I know you love this movie. We've talked about this movie oh it's uh it's one i have probably seen the most and i'm at a loss for words here because well i mean it's not my natural element you're good you're good and we talk a little bit about like uh the the villains is something that roger brought up like sanchez it's kind of a strange look i mean robert davi rules (laughs) like we could get that out of the way he's one of the fratellis yeah you're right absolutely (laughs) so he is excellent but it's such a weird movie. Like the violence in this movie feels like a like a direct response to the violence in eighties action movies like all over. Yeah. So it feels really, really over the top for Bond. But and in comparison to other shit like Rambo or something, it's not at all. Like yeah. And it was a it was a nice departure from Bond. And it's not a mission. He just he goes rogue to help out a friend, so it shows some humanity to him. Yeah, yeah it does. It it does yeah. humanize him. That's a fair point. That you know, they did this to my best friend and well, 
hell be damned, I'm going to go do something about it. He does, it. He does something gonna, about yeah. it. Nobody's going to stop me, queen or country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you still get Q involved, like, helping out because he's a nice guy. But it's it's... <sighs> It's not good. Like, if I'm being completely objective, that movie is a bad movie, but I love it. I can't help like, but love it. It's super fun. It is bonkers over the top with the violence and the shit that they get away with. Fucking Wayne Newton is in this movie for <laughs> yeah. no reason. Like, Oh, the pyramid yeah. scam guy? What is yeah. happening yeah. in this yeah. movie? Like, that movie could have sustained itself entirely, and then you bring in Wayne Newton <laughs> as, like, a televangelist, which yeah. is weird as shit. He, right, he looked like Jim Jones a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah, a was... dude's head explodes in, like, a pressurized chamber. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You couldn't have dreamed this up in, like, a fever dream. Like, and this is a, a Hollywood film. Like, and this movie gonna, came you, out. You can we're you gonna can, feed you, this guy to sharks. Yeah. What the fuck? You can almost hear Q saying, Please be careful with the franchise, James. <laughs> you yeah. really can. Yeah. It's totally right. true. Right. But and this is a period of time that like in the late eighties that like at this point you looked at Die Hard came out right around the same time and so yeah they had a they had a, 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 up, a No they up did. A this was a direct response to that. And it's it's part of the reason that we get to resetting it so quickly after like this is this is the end of Dalton. He has two movies. But it's like I think it's unfair to Timothy Dalton in a way because he did what he could with both of these movies. The Living Daylights is better than this, but if you're giving me a choice, I'm going to watch this movie nine times out of ten. I think it's fantastic <laughs> in its ridiculousness. Like it's if the if the things you love about Bond are the more serious aspects of things, which in general I do. The other end of that pendulum is the bonkers dumb shit that happens in Bond movies, and this is the best one of those. Like in my mind, it is the craziest bullshit Bond, and I love it for that. Yeah, I think if if you have more doing this one, it would it, not work at all. No, no, more no. can't more can't do that. Yeah, more right. can't. Get, more can't get dirty right yeah. <laughs> it's just you feel bad he's the english, english gentleman i know like oh who let grandpa fall you know i'm not gonna fight you i don't want you to break a hip oh i know well <laughs> moving on from that i'm sorry roger do you have anything else to say about license to kill oh uh, no that's it that's it okay it's a decent song we'll, we'll give credit to gladys knight um i forgot that gladys knight even did it so oh yeah that. um all right this is where it's gonna start getting harder for me i have the next pick there are a lot of movies on here that I don't like, like if I'm just being being fair. But there are a lot of movies that I like for weird reasons, and I think I'm going to pick one of those now. <laughs> and that is The World Is Not Enough, it's 1999, Pierce Brosnan's third movie, often referred to as the second worst of the Brosnan Bonds, because the worst one is obviously Tomorrow Never Dies. Fuck anybody that would tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Die Another Day. I, I misspoke. It's definitely Die Another Day is the worst one. Tomorrow Never Dies is... Nah. Look, there's there's a lot of dying going on with yeah, Brosnan Bonds. That's what I'm saying. They, they die so much. But The World Is Not Enough is a movie that I feel is unfairly judged by some of its really worst elements. Specifically, Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. <laughs> it is not that movie's fault that it cast Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. She was once married to Charlie Sheen. It is not that winning. That yeah, yeah, she's not a nuclear. It's physicist. not Bond's <laughs> fault that Denise Richards is a nuclear physicist. Yeah, it is not the villains of this film's fault that Denise Richards is a nuclear physicist. It's only the producer's fault that she is a nuclear physicist, and I 
I don't want to hold this against this movie because I love it. I love the theme. It's one of my favorite theme songs. Shout out to Shirley Manson. I love the villains. I think the concept of Renard is dumb, like a guy that can't feel pain because he has a bullet in his head. Whatever. That's that's hokey, but it's, it's a Bond movie. You expect some of that. Uh, it's cool to have a female villain. Like the main antagonist of this movie is Sophie Marceau, one of the three most beautiful women to ever live. And she is awesome in this movie. She is menacing. She is calculated. She is very much in control of the situation. She is really good. Uh, Judy Denshin's in a really good M performance in this movie that I think it's kind of overlooked. Uh, there are lots of premises of this movie that aren't great, but I think the sum of the parts is worth mentioning as a movie that I think people should give another check in. I think for per the per the wording of this very show, it is an underrated Bond movie. Uh, I was Chris. <laughs> it was a rather disappointing game. Yeah, I don't think I ever played it. I played it a lot, but coming off a of Goldeneye and you're expecting another Goldeneye, it wasn't. Well, yeah, if that's what you're expecting, then yes, you were disappointed. I'm I sure. Wish. But as a as somebody that loved, I you know I love Goldeneye, like we said, and we haven't talked about it yet. But his second movie is also good. I think a lot of people were let down by this movie because the first two kind of told you that it wasn't going to go here like it it wasn't going to get to a place where the movie kind of middles through parts like it's you know i will admit fully parts of this movie aren't great like i like i said this movie isn't good but it's a personal favorite because of weird things like i particularly enjoy the villain i enjoy her performance you like the skiing yeah (laughs) who doesn't and uh and i i also if we're gonna look for things that are bad in bond movies to appreciate pierce brosnan's hurt acting in this movie is off the charts like when my man's in peril like with that thing clamped around his neck with the straining the yeah all the all the straining and shit that that guy does he is like unbearable to watch in this movie during those scenes but i love that especially in goldeneye or yeah goldeneye where he gets to rush the frankie is it frankie jansen the fomka jansen fomka johnson yeah when he's like she's putting the legs around him yeah and like he's making those faces he's like (laughs) the five o'clock shadow stick yeah that that sticks that remembers to me all the time it's so rough yeah (laughs) it's almost impossible to watch some of the scenes but like i still i'm here i am shitting on it but I still think that movie merits a rewatch. If you haven't watched it in a long time, I want you to. And the only reason I'm putting it on my personal list is because I think it's that good, like even being terrible. Well, you talked about this a few... We're getting together for the podcast. We were talking about this. And Robert Carlyle's character, the villain who can't feel pain, and that's such a dumb premise. And you laugh about it now, but it's like, he was actually a pretty good Bond villain. He's really good in the movie. Yeah, he's really good. (laughs) Yeah. Because you see his later work, you're like, wow, he really... Nailed that Russian part down. I thought you did a really yeah. good job. No, Robert Carlyle fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't want to belabor the point here. Anybody have anything else they want to say about World is Not Enough before we pick a better movie? <laughs> Or not, <laughs> or not. Yeah, maybe maybe we're all just going to go into the depths for our next picks. That'll well, be exciting. Gonna we're going to see. I'll let Chris go ahead and do it then, since you're the next pick. I'm, I'm interested to see where we're going now. Well, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dredge a little bit here, and oh, uh, <laughs> and this is mostly for the villain, and I'm gonna have to go with the man with the golden gun. <laughs> And, I mean, what else can you say about Christopher Lee? He was real-life MI6. I mean, he was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> he was Sherlock Holmes. He was Count Dracula. He had all this massive uh, filmography behind just him here. Chapas. Yeah, he's just... 
he he probably should have been Bond. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, right? He's like, practically he's, lived yeah. that life. Yeah, like, right. He, yeah. he was more Bond than James Bond. Yeah, for he, sure. He was the real life most interesting man in the world. If right? you told like, people yeah. the life of Christopher Lee, right. they would think it's a fucking Bond movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> if they would have had Bond and, in the 50s, he would have been Bond. No, for so, sure. Yeah. And it's just for his performance and his third nipple that I, <laughs> <laughs> that I, I nominate that as my, my third pick because it's just... Silly, silly uh, premise for you know world domination. Silly, it is. God, the movie is it, it is also dumb, but it's in a great way. Knickknack. I mean, and the, the <laughs> island and uh, man, come on, just uh, but 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 Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee Christopher Lee. That's so. the coolest thing about this series is that you can like we're talking about it now. You can find any reason for even the bad movies to validate their existence, and this is a good example of that. Like the theme is fucking hilarious and disco and terrible and wow, the, yeah. you know the the whole premise of the movie is bananas and then christopher lee it, it, it could have been a really bad movie but christopher lee pretty much saves the entire I, thing i think he drags it up out he, of the, he brings it the from slime. absolutely he brings it from unwatchable to pretty much watchable like yeah. all by himself because yeah. he's that good he commands he commands screen time and presence yeah. it's he, just yeah presence is that that's the word i was looking yeah. for he just he's just very oh he has it strike yeah you know yeah <laughs> It's force force of nature. I mean, he was in Star Wars. He was in you know all these other oh yeah, Lord Wars of the Rings shit. Yeah, he, Lord of the Rings. He's yeah. on everything. Yeah. He's yeah. he's incredible. And he was Black acting. He, he was acting. Yeah, dude. He was acting well into his nineties. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was. Yeah, sadly no longer with us. But yeah, I mean, yeah. dude had a good run. Like, we, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. don't we can don't, all aspire to be someone. I know, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Chris really is like number one or two on my list. But uh, speaking of though, like this, I think like I said the. There's so many things to come back to these movies for, and sometimes you just need one thing, and I think this is an excellent example of that. There are other cool things, too. Like, I don't know. A part of me likes, like, the weird funhouse setup that he has where yeah, he, like, yeah. stalks the people through, and, like, Knickknack yeah. is running him through, like, drills where he's right. trying to kill guys. Right. Like, oh, am I over there? Oh. You know, like, being yeah. all fucking Knickknack for himself. <laughs> right, right. But uh, this is going to come up more as we keep going through this, and we're going to... I have a feeling we're going to be able to start going through some of these a little faster now that we've gotten, like, our good ones out of the yeah, way. Yeah. But this movie is this movie's borderline from being like really really bad or really really good it's fitting right in the middle like right. it's a cool yep. middle of the road movie yep. because it's it's still good in its ways it's, and then really dumb in others it's it's the bond it's the bond adaptation of the most dangerous game yeah right? yeah so exactly fly bond to this island and i'll hunt we'll hunt each other you know <laughs> okay yeah what right. a weird movie <laughs> oh man Jody, that's on you oh well, i'll have to go for this one for the villain is a view to a kill <laughs> I like that. Nice. We've, I like that we've committed now to this. Nice. Like, no, you know what? We're picking these shit movies, but man, we love them. Because I mean, hey, Roger Moore in this one—it's just horrible. <laughs> but you have a younger Christopher Walken as the villain, and that's amazing. He's so over the top with he it, is. absolutely. <laughs> but that's Christopher Walken. And yeah, Grace Jones. By the way. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Grace Jones. you don't cast Christopher Walken without expecting him to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. You want him to right. turn it up yeah. to eleven. I right. mean, it's—I don't know if this came out. 85. Uh, 85. So it's well before uh, Batman 2. But they're mm. almost, uh, to me, they're kind of, you know, like the same character. Okay, yeah, from Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah like they have they have threads there that's similar. They're both 
crazy and rich <laughs> and have ridiculous hair. <laughs> so this, this movie is also has the moniker James Stock, which I always yeah. thought was hilarious. Stocks and bonds. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, what? I don't know. Johnny, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I'm cutting you off. But, but uh, Christopher Walken as a, he was a, what, the Nazi super soldier that they did. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Nazi super soldier industrialist. Thank you. Duran Duran doing the theme song. Yeah. The theme song, Roger, I'll give you a little bit of props to talk about this for a second. And I know how much you love this song. The song is one of my favorite Bond songs of all time. It, it's, it's not like the, my favorite. It is such a, the way it starts off and everything, it's quintessential 80s, but it's so awesome. Isn't it, isn't it the only Bond theme that went to number one? I yeah. Think, yeah. I think so. I, well, actually, until I think Adele did it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, for sure, it was for a long time the only one. And hey, man, it's a Duran Duran song. It's, pretty, it's pretty rad. I'm not terrible I'm not video, by the way. Terrible video with the camera <laughs> I've falling. Never around. seen the video. Yeah, the video's terrible. Did I, you guys know that this is Dolph Lundgren's first role? No, I did not know yeah, that. He's a body. He's a bodyguard. Awesome. In the beginning for the uh, the KGB. Dolph Lundgren would be a yeah. Dolph yeah. Lundgren would have yeah. been a great, a and it was great because, 80s Bond henchman. They could have made him a nuclear was, physicist. Is because yeah. he he was with <laughs> he was with Grace Jones. And that's yeah, why yeah. He had, yeah. That's At why he time. was in the movie. What a weird pairing. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a whole lot of crazy. And just going back to the the movie, the the fight on the blimp. It's so ridiculous. Which is awesome though. There. Like in a weird way, is like kind of sweet. All the you know the aerial shit with San Francisco and seeing the bridge and all that. Like yeah. it's there are cool things in this movie. It's just so dumb like the dialogue is weird and it's, it's one so, of those you just put on to have some it is fun. excellent background <laughs> you know what's weird too about that like 85 86 period too is that there's a couple movies that are centered around san francisco like star trek i think four or five i believe star trek four yeah yeah the view of the bridge yep. of the bridge and that was like same period of time a view to a bridge <laughs> 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 that, that uh, northern, northern california get a lot of love at the time oh yeah i mean it's not like the first or last time san francisco has been on on a screen but it was like like there it was just showing up and shit for no reason oh <laughs> uh, and the the whole plot of that movie too has been explained in ways that it's obviously stupid like he's trying to corner the market on microchips by destroying all the microchips but then there won't be any demand for the microchips because the people buying them are all dead like, <laughs> right. like right. none of it makes any fucking sense which is again part of the reason it's great that it's christopher walken because it probably doesn't in his, it makes sense in his head <laughs> but it actually doesn't make any fucking sense this plot is crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but uh uh, it's gonna work <laughs> yeah let's pass it on does everybody want to do a bad walking impression <laughs> but yeah i Roger does i love this movie i'm glad you picked it this high like you know i can't do it because i sound weird oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> shit johnny was that your first one <laughs> we're, we're, like we're dying here on view to kill so yeah johnny you, you're picking again because we're we're running it back oh <laughs> uh. Uh, I like this movie. Uh, it was the first one I ever owned uh, that I went out and bought. Mm. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, his last one, Die Another Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, the fact that Die Another Day isn't the dirt last pick is actually fucking astonishing to me. I, I, I have a fond appreciation for this movie. I like the theme song. I, I <laughs> Madonna? You're, yeah. up, you're up with that Madonna? I, I, I guess you do. <laughs> oh, wow. The Johnny, Johnny I, I didn't think I'd find myself in the position to say this, but defend yourself, because this doesn't make any sense. I, Rose Pike. All right, yeah. <laughs> I like the beginning where he gets captured and he's getting tortured. Okay, I'll give you credit. The beginning is kind of cool. It goes on too long and he is doing more hurt acting, but <laughs> it is at least interesting. I like that concept of him being caught. No, yeah, I, I like that too. You're right, yeah. you're right. Now the whole... 
big weapon thing. It's just a golden eye rehash, but oh well. There's an ice hotel. <laughs> there is an ice that. hotel. Did you like him surfing on the water? <laughs> the terrible <laughs> One of the worst CGI, CGI seeds of all time. Tidal wave. The uh, <laughs> the invisible car and the oh, ice hotel. Oh, God, the invisible car. <laughs> I forgot for, for somebody who doesn't like gadgets, you're going for the invisible car movie. <laughs> I, I'm not that saying I. Valid point. I'm not saying I liked it. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, but so we've determined who the Cleveland Browns of this draft is, and it's fucking Juddy. <laughs> but I, it's it's. It. You know what though? I did a little bit of digging before I came here. This movie is actually the sixth highest-grossing Bond film of all time, if you can believe it. Adjusted, <coughs> can adjusted, believe it. adjusted yeah. for inflation. It doesn't make it, yeah, it good. Doesn't surprise me. No, I know, I know. But yeah, there's, I there's no accounting for taste. But I'm not going for number. You know, you're right. Good. I'm number, sorry. You're right. This is your list. But six? number number six and seven are "Die Another Day" and "Tomorrow Never Dies." Hmm. But I. I just have a fondness for it. I don't know why. You're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't begrudge your fondness for this movie. As bad I mean, as I it know is. it's horrible. <clears throat> yeah. I, I pick world is not enough, and I, someone would tell me that that's too high. There's still Connery movies on here, and I'm we're taking Brosnan's, so that that's probably fair. We're both ridiculous, but um, do you? Here's a question I would ask you. I kind of like the theory of the villain of like a guy that has like weird plastic surgery to pretend he's not actually who he is, and I like the aesthetic of that guy with all the fucking diamonds in his face or whatever because he looks hilarious but do you think there's a good movie in here or is it just bad on its face because like you have a lot going on with Halle Berry they're they're clearly trying to make a Halle Berry franchise happen out of this they've said it so much when the movie was made like they were going to make a Jinx spinoff and Michael Madsen was going to be like her M character and that didn't happen obviously thank God (laughs) but is there a good movie to be found in here like with everything that's going on because there's a lot going on. <laughs> there is. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly can't tell you if there is or not, but I like it. I, uh, I've seen this movie one time, and that was too much So <laughs> for, for me. So, I mean, honestly, I can't really me- remember a whole lot about it. Yeah. Well, it's so over the it's top. It's probably uh, for the best. Yeah. Other Madonna than the invisible being, car. Yeah. Madonna being the fighting, the fencing Fence instructor. instructor. Yeah. This movie. Her bad <laughs> English <laughs> accent. Holy crap. Breathless Mahoney. She was, yeah, she was doing that English accent for like a whole 10 years yeah. in the 2000s it's like oh i live in london and i married guy Ritchie. i'm british now <laughs> like whatever i'm not gonna shit on madonna this isn't that podcast yeah. and i wouldn't if we were talking about her for real that no. is an episode we're going to do by yes. the way i'm so excited um, for that actually okay that's coming up on the next no not on the next anyway we can't get to the next if we don't fucking finish the first yeah i know we're excited to be here so let's let's try to roll through this shit chris i believe you're next oh god uh, <laughs> now th- i know i'm sorry it's die getting- another day is off the board but this you're gonna have to pick <laughs> i anyway. know this is getting into rare air here so <laughs> that's why i had to go with that there, one. i'm looking I, at what's left there is still value on this list. oh yeah there yeah. are good movies to be taken we are not taking them <laughs> Just for the sheer bonkers of it, Moonraker. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, boom! I did not expect that. Boom! I did not expect that. We've gone off the rails. <laughs> this, this, this is the worst draft ever. The worst best draft ever. Actually, can I can I withdraw that? No. Uh, oh damn it! All right. You cannot. All right. You fucking major Moonraker bad. You will lie in it. All right. So All tell right. me why you took Moonraker ahead of seventeen other good movies. James Bond in space, space, space. <laughs> Uh, just God. Uh, so it's it's nuts, right? It's oh, for ja- sure. It's Jaws. It's lasers. It's <laughs> it's got so much crazy <laughs> stuff going on that I just had to pick it. <laughs> no, that's, uh, 
just like any of these other movies that we are clearly holding on to right now these movies are fun like even if they're dumb they're a lot of fun yeah and moonraker is kind of the dumbest funnest of the right. really dumb fun ones yeah. like yeah. you know given the return of jaws who we haven't even taken his original fucking movie yet it's better than all of these <laughs> um uh and uh fuck i'm i'm lost um <laughs> this whole but, thing has uh, fried you, my brain you have the you have the redemptive end yeah. for jaws right where he which joins, is nice he, he joins find, up with the good guy he which finds love and yeah which is which is also in a view to a kill grace, oh yeah grace jones yeah grace jones also gets some redemption at the end, at the yeah, end. Yeah. a face turn if you will yeah um <laughs> this movie is it's not my favorite <laughs> it's not my 18th favorite but i don't know i mean there's there's a place for moonraker it definitely has the space stuff which is fun and like star wars tangential which is also fun because that was a thing you, you know speaking of when you don't appropriate the right way you get right. moonraker but, right but yeah, even in its yeah. own way it's still it's worth watching i guess like and it's in its way of just being like a really dumb more movie because i mean look we can shit on roger moore for the things we don't like about him but the thing i will say in his favor is that he is really good in all of these movies because this yeah. is the kind of thing he needed to make like and, and he does this really well and, and to keep, and, and keep things in perspective too i mean this is 10 years after the moon landing yeah so i mean it's yeah. you yeah. can see why you're right it is pretty recent there's an, that, that that's, and the, the film's not bad in that movie either um, right He's kind of like trying to make the world a better place in his own twisted way. Which Drax, right? Drax, yeah. yeah. Drax, yeah. Yeah, Drax. So. Yeah. I like the look of Hugo Drax. He has yeah. a very Bond villain demeanor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I appreciate that. He's no Guy Boucher, but... <laughs> no. Who is? But, you know... Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. What else do you have to say about Moonraker? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> It's the die another day of Morse films. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's this is the die another day of podcast. <laughs> I'm fucking loving it. Oh god, is that me then? Yes, it's me? that's you. Holy shit! All right, well I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking hard turn into the shit that we're pulling right now. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I'm going to back up my initial pick here, and I'm taking what I feel is the most the most obvious direct sequel to a bond movie in quantum of solace uh for my fourth pick because it pairs so well with casino royale there's the the school of thought now is that if you watch (coughs) quantum of solace immediately after watching casino royale quantum of solace has kicked up six notches like it immediately becomes better i agree through that that viewing yeah and i 100 percent agree with that too like i think those movies pair so well together it is a long viewing i will not deny you that but it's worth it this movie does a lot of stuff that casino royale does just about four degrees less like it's it looks great um there are a lot of good set pieces a lot of action pieces uh there's a lot of there's the cool stunts with like the falling down the fucking thing i'm just forgetting everything now like the falling sequence and like hitting the repair work and stuff like that looks cool so there's you know the villain is a little nebulous and like the the whole thing that's being set up to these movies is that the villain is never who you think the villain is they're always working for someone else which is fine in its own way but it leaves you wanting a little bit on that aspect but that dude's going to 11 in this movie the that's villain. Math- matthew almarek right yeah, the, the yeah, villain, yeah 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 uh dominic green green yeah, dominic green yeah so he's he's good like right. he's a very good bond villain and yeah. i enjoy his performance in this movie i enjoy his weird fucking henchman with his yeah. toupee yeah which is strange <laughs> uh it, it has a lot of very bond elements without owning all the way up to what its potential is you know it gives you a nice goldfinger callback with the woman dipped in the oil yeah. and on the bed which right. is a cool you right. know look right so it does a lot of things right 
just not enough to make it really really good it's kind of long in parts and it kind of drags in parts but i think again viewed as a whole those movies bookend each other really really well and having both of them to go on at once is like a nice it's like a nice one-two punch i agree with that if you if you screen that as one long continuous movie uh casino royale quantum of solace and then you compare it to the other output i think skyfall is your top that one is in the middle and specter is by far the lowest quality output i would agree with you i'd probably agree with you roger is he quantum sauce yes he quantum sauce yeah Yeah. um it was it threw me off at the time i I saw it twice because first time it was not to me didn't stand out as a typical bond movie in the sense of just the the desert scene stuff like that um like (laughs) i I don't know like it took it wasn't I was used to Bond being a certain way, especially after coming after. I watched it right after I watched. I I, I skipped the because I watched Casino Royale and then I watched that. So like you see Casino Royale so slick and just well presented, and him just taking a beating. And this movie, it's it's dark, but I don't know. Like it, I, I think Bond in this movie too, especially he's so used to. It was the first time he didn't really see him warm up to any woman at all. Like he's kind of cold. He's becoming cold well yeah he's, yeah he's got shit to do yeah he's got yeah he's yeah he doesn't care about anything else but just to get the mission right. done right. Yeah. so well, you, see the, you get the loss of Vesper Lind and yeah, yeah that's yeah. why you see him that solitary yeah, focus yeah, right. you know and like he's right. just he's, he's stern and that's what I like about that yeah, yeah for sure so um okay I don't have much else to say about that. We're getting we're getting long here. This is great. Yeah. We still have a bunch left. Um, so that goes back to you then, Roger. We got a one-two punch from you to deal with. Okay. So I'm going with uh, two of the Sean Connery movies back-to-back. Ooh, very sexy. So I'm going to go with You Only Live Twice is my first one. <sighs> That's a good choice. Um, because I, what I love about the movie is you get to see a little bit. It's the first movie you, that... You know, you get to see a little bit of the Japanese culture. I mean, it was like the the joke that was cracked up. You know, men come first when they do the, 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 the <laughs> yeah. washing scene, which is women come second. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you see a lot of the, what you would see later on in Mission Impossible, nineteen sixty six. Later on, with his disguises. Yeah, you, yeah. You there's see, a bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> that when that, the shocking scene, he just starts beating the woman. Like, whoa, what's going on? And yeah, then you man. realize that it was a you know guy in disguise. Yeah, and then the. the the classic iconic him coming out with the rocket pack, jumping out yeah. of there. Also which, ridiculous. Yeah, it looked ridiculous, but it looked really cool as hell. That Toyota thing that's a 3000, that sports car they use, that's one of my favorite cars of all time. I've always wanted one of those. Really? Yeah, I love that car. It's <laughs> all right, sweet. man. You love what uh, you love. And, um, yeah, the disguises. And they, you don't see Bonefield at all. You see the, the silhouette of him, and then uh, th- that just... That's a movie to me. I don't know. I, I, lo- I love that movie. And um, <laughs> I mean, you, you actually see him. I'm sorry. You see the movie. You see him in the movie. I was thinking of my next choice. Right. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I was going to say, you You definitely do. Yeah, you do see him. Portrayed um, portrayed to perfection by Donald, Donald Pleasant. Yeah, Donald Pleasant. Who is yeah. like fucking... I mean, it's the most iconic portrayal of a villain. Like, if you if you're not accounting for quality, like he's great in this movie in his way. But right. like, you know, if we're gonna talk about Austin Powers again, it's the Doctor Evil character is patterned 100 percent after this portrayal of Blofeld with the scar and the bald, yep. the fucking Nehru silver jacket with Lorne Michaels' voice. Yeah, with so, Lorne Michaels' voice. Like, it's, yeah. this is Blofeld in yeah. my head and everybody else's head. Like, this is how it's supposed to look. Yeah, and right. I, I'll give Donald Pleasance credit for that. He's he's going he's going nuts in this movie. But it, in a good way, it is. And the gadgetry in the movie too, with the, the way they tied it with Japanese technology and everything, was really cool. It was, yeah, it was really. Slick. It was cool to see Japan in the sixties. Yeah, like 
that exactly. was like for me for not knowing you know like that was a neat thing yeah that's what I liked about it too you can see how clean and represented Japan was yeah. in this movie so and then to follow up with that is the 1965 classic Thunderball um, that is again you see the lengths that the gentleman has to go through the plastic surgery to get to steal the plane so you know he could take and then he go, of course gets screwed over and because he wants more money and mm-hmm. um, the whole scene with the uh, him getting massaged what have you and this is Sean Connery in his most uh, you know doesn't care what's going on kind of thing in yeah, terms she, of like Sean Connery doesn't give a flying fuck what's happening in this movie. <laughs> 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 like, it's it's true for it's also true for you only live twice but like this this is yeah. where it starts like yeah. Connery's gone, like, by yeah. Thunderball. He's happy to get through Goldfinger, mostly. There was some behind-the-scenes stuff, but Thunderball comes, he's like, oh, I'm collecting a check. Yeah, he's collecting you a know. check, you know, and then the, the, the massage girl, he, you know, just, just like, you're gonna have sex with me whether you like it or not. Oh, James, <laughs> kind of moment. But, um, really, it's the way, I love the way that plot was for NATO. Like, the whole plane mm-hmm. plot thing, that was really cool. And then this is the first of, like, oh, God, here we go, underwater scenes. There was a lot of stuff underwater. Yeah, the whole fucking movie feels like it's underwater yeah. in my head. <laughs> Like, remembering it now, the whole thing. Which, I mean, it's cool to see underwater yeah. photography at that time. It looks great, yeah. you know, but it's it's long. Yeah. I, I don't love this movie, like, personally speaking. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, but it's, it's hard for me to differentiate this one from uh, Never Say Never Again. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like exactly well, they the are same. actually the same movie. Yeah, it's a sequel, too. Yeah. It's not a sequel. It's, it's the, the same movie remade. It's, it's a remake of Thunderball because the rights were tied up with the guy uh-huh. who wrote Thunderball and the producers of the Bond franchise and he was like no I'm gonna uh, Kevin McClory he's like no I'm, I'm I own the rights to Thunderball I'm gonna remake it and they're like well you can't that's our character so this shit is tied up for literally decades until just recently that's why Casino Royale never got made because he was mm-hmm. they were tied up in all this legal shit and Casino Royale yeah. had to be put on the back burner for years and years and years until they could get this shit resolved and then make that movie so Th- uh, Never Seen Ever Again comes out of that because he's like well I do own Thunderball and I'm gonna fucking make it so he makes yeah. thunderball just as never say never again thunderball though great great theme song it does have a great tom fucking jones. theme song tom jones <laughs> yeah. killing the end of that song yep. oh yeah. it's crazy it's a powerhouse vocal i, I can't Chills. even yeah i can't mimic it ever and i'm not gonna try but if you're not gonna watch thunderball listen to the fucking theme song it is rad yeah it's like, thunder, it's definitely thunder, the, the overtop factor for that period, for that period of time, is large. You know, you look oh, at movies sure. that came out then, but it, it did. You could tell that was kind of the what set the precedent for Mission Impossible kind of thing that mm-hmm. come out right around the period, same uh, same year year later, I believe it is. So, um, yeah, I love the Japanese uh, or not Japanese. I was thinking of uh, you can only live once or twice. Um, yeah, but Thunderball, brutal, and in terms of the way Bond gets it done, and again. The, the the undercover the see, the idea of taking plastic surgery just to do a job for a hundred thousand dollars to me seems <laughs> asinine right now if you think about it well, I would have got paid a million you know I want to pay paid quite a bit for right that. yeah but the fact that he had to train his voice and everything yeah it's bananas yeah it's bananas so that's um, that's fine. Those are good. That's nice. And a nice little book in there taking two movies that are made right next to each other, 65, 67. Um, is that me? Fuck, that's me again. All right. Well, I am, uh, I'm going to go right up to the top where the whole fucking thing began. And I'm taking Dr. No with my second to last pick. Uh, I mean, look... I don't have to spend too much time talking about this movie because it's the best. I mean, it's the first fucking one. It's the first fucking one, guys. <laughs> like, there is no Bond franchise without Dr. No. It's important. 
and it's pretty good. You yeah, know, they, it's good. Yeah, you set some stuff up right away, like crazy villains, a fucking volcano lair, like you know, all that shit is there from jump, and you know, beautiful women walking out of the fucking water with the knife on her side and shit. Like this movie hits you visually with all sorts of crazy shit, and this is not anything anybody had seen at that point. It's like, what the fuck is Doctor No? And James Bond is now a thing. Like here we are, fucking 50, 60 years later, and we are we're doing all right. You know, like the franchise is still going. People are still interested, and it all starts from Doctor No. I think Doctor No is rad. This is, you know, it's good. It's good in a lot of ways that like still are good. Like the pacing is pretty good. It doesn't take too long to get where it's going. Uh, Connery is great. Connery looks great. It's the best looking Connery will ever look in these movies because he's really dialed into it. Like that, you know, no offense to Connery, but I uh, I don't watch this one a lot. But when I do watch it, I'm always pleasantly surprised at how much I'm enjoying watching it again. After not, I think I think I do it on purpose because that way, after so much time passes, I can watch it again and be like, "Oh, you're right. This is a really good movie." And then, you know, that gives me a reason to keep going back to it as as infrequently as I do. But it's it's a classic. Like it's a straight up classic. Well, I think it's too. It obviously establishes the character of James Bond, and then you know you get progression from there. So maybe by comparison now that we're we're spoiled and we have 24 other 24 bond movies, yeah. right 23 other bond movies that you go back to this one and you're like oh it's kind of slow it's you know there's a lot of exposition yeah basil exposition yeah well, we're setting a lot of stuff up we right. have a whole franchise to build here right uh and then maybe that's why it's not revisited as much but it is it's the it's the the progenitor you know it's mm-hmm. it's the main thing good word thank you way to vocab <laughs> but yeah that's uh thesaurus rex i couldn't have said it better myself and you said it better than me so that means i couldn't have said it better than you <laughs> And that is how sentences work. Um, we'll move right along here, then, Chris. I believe you are up again here. I am, we're, and we're getting uh, we're we're running low on choices. Yeah, and it's uh, it's looking kind of dire here. <laughs> Let's, um, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the last Craig one. I think is Spectre. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for me again, this is another one where I had really really high expectations of oh, it. Brother, and we all I really <laughs> I wanted this to be. You know, after after seeing Skyfall and thinking, "Wow, that was a great, great movie," and now here's here comes Christoph Waltz. How can you not hit a home run right, yeah. with this? You're you're pulling the you're pulling the curtain back and you're revealing Spectre, right? Like this is a big deal. The and the the promotional materials for this are great. Oh, they were the amazing. bullet hole with the the, with the octopus. The octopus we were waiting for this movie. This is part yeah, of the reason this right. movie didn't get made. Was also lawsuit right, shit. Right. So yeah, and bringing Blofeld now into a whole new era right and you really really want this to be good and it, yeah. it and it succeeds in certain spots it's not horrible it's not horrible but it's to me it's the least of the craig, it is it's it, the least of the craig films it is disappointing and is the best word i can yeah, use for it. and it, and it was something that i really really wanted to be better than it was yeah man I completely agree with you on that man totally oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it has good shit like you yeah. know yeah. batista is awesome all right like, yeah awesome. yeah good batista call, fucking yeah. rules in that movie yeah. like yeah. the soundtrack is really great i like christoph waltz yeah christoph yeah. waltz is good i mean he's he flounders a little bit as blofeld character right. but he's still good in the movie christoph waltz thing and that's always at least good you know like and you know i guess 
to to use the phrase that Chris said earlier, your mileage may vary, but right. it is what it is. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. true though. However you feel like Christoph Waltz, you probably like him in this movie if you like him. And it, you know, Craig is good. It's serviceable. The the plot is okay. Like they they have to take some strides to make it be Blofeld, which is I think ultimately what hurts the movie a lot is that we're we're having to give up a lot to just believe that this guy was responsible for the last three movies. Right now, like right. we watch these movies happen and it never seemed like that was really it, and now it is. Like it's 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 a stretch but the movie is not horrible no. so that's it wouldn't be fair to call it bad it's definitely better than uh living daylights and die another day yeah <laughs> or, or not probably living daylights but the, definitely better than die another day yeah it's definitely better than <laughs> die another day i think it's i think it's better than a majority of the process i don't know easy for you to say johnny you didn't fucking take it before die another day so I, I think I it's it's uh <laughs> it's i think the weakest of the craig films is still better than 75 percent of the Brosnan films. i think that's fair i think that's totally fair except this uh, golden uh, golden golden eye stomps this one uh, but i know but okay all right we disagree about 75 percent. i'll give you 50 but that's okay that's only right, because that's i love world is not enough that's but fair. i'm a weirdo so that's okay I can't believe World is Not Enough is here and other ones aren't. <laughs> this is amazing. All right. Um, speaking of, though, Jody, you're, you're hitting us uh, with two more picks here to kill this. You, you're going back to back to end your list. Yeah, I don't even so know how I could do this. After after <laughs> a stunning Die Another Day pick in your fourth <laughs> spot, what what's your fucking encore? <laughs> I don't know if I can go any lower than that. <laughs> uh, what do we even have left here? Um Johnny, do you need to know what we have left? Uh, no, I'm looking at it. Okay. Because uh, just some stuff. Diamonds are forever. The Spy Who Loved Me, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, uh, a Brosnan movie here, a couple of them. <laughs> or no, just Tomorrow Never Dies. That's it. That's that's the end. Everything else is gone. All the Craigs are gone. The Dalton movies are both taken. We got Honor Majesty's gone. So we got Diamonds Are Forever, The Return of Connery. Oh, you (laughs) son of a bitch. That was my last pick. All right. So talk us up about Diamonds Are Forever. They are forever. <laughs> they so. are. Especially when they go in someone's face. That's also true. That's, is that why you took Die Another Day? Because of the diamonds in the face? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's a diamond man. <laughs> um, I actually really like Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, I I know it's not good. It's a really bad movie. Like On the whole, it's really bad. But it has a lot of memorable Bond shit. Yeah. Like It has those ridiculous henchmen. Uh, oh, Quentin, <laughs> Quentin uh, Kid. Quentin Kid, yeah. That's Mr. what I remember the most is they were they were together they yeah. were a couple <laughs> yes yeah. they were and i don't want to know what they uh, got up to because they know. were i think it's i don't a, know what the mustache wanted to smell like <laughs> i applaud that they actually did it like just put it in the movie like yeah this is these are gay assassins deal with it <laughs> like yeah. i think that's kind of fun and uh, they there was a, a comedy to them that i i liked yeah mm-hmm. me too yeah they did have like a weird <laughs> repartee they're holding hands that they go into the desert kind of thing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> That, that that sticks out to me. Okay, uh, the return of Blofeld, albeit fucking face morphed, like because why not? Uh, Charles Gray also dresses in drag for no real reason in this movie, which that was is fantastic. hilarious. This movie is like a super comedy movie without. I don't think it knows it's being as comedic as it is. 
but it's all really dumb. Like it's. I love accidental comedy. No, I do too. Like it, I, I like a lot about this movie for what it doesn't do right. Like it fails at a lot of stuff. But and it I fails think, so spectacular. Exactly. I think that's part of the reason it's so it's it's watchable. Especially when he's going through the casino and like you, you gets she gets in the car and he's just like, it's his face and it's like I can't even describe the face and he's like, glad you're joining us and then like he's got the straight face makeup like he gives no fucks. He looks like a granny right there. Yeah. Jill St. John, underrated in, yes. a, in a way, not because she's good, because she's almost unwatchable in this movie, <laughs> but I mean, as a as a personal speaking digression, I'm sorry for this, I was really into Jill St. John when I saw this movie. I was oh, like 11, too. thought she was really hot, and I was just like, I was totally into that. Her, and then also... Uh, uh, Good Lord, plenty of tool. Uh, yeah, Lana, uh, Lana, <laughs> fucking. Why well, can't remember anybody's? Yeah, Lana Wood. Yeah, uh, Natalie Wood's younger sister, who also like <sighs> smoke super. Show. Yeah, yeah smoke show. absolute. So if I'm going to praise that movie for anything, it's the inclusion of two really really hot women. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. This movie isn't bad. It's, uh, I lied. It's bad. This movie <laughs> is, is bad, but it has it has watchability moments that I I I've watched this movie a shitload. Like I'm looking at other movies on this list. I think I've seen <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever more than I've seen Skyfall. Like straight I up, have. you know, because it's it's just easy to ignore and fun to fun to pop in every twenty minutes or so and like what's happening? Oh yeah, this bullshit. <laughs> like, in a way that I appreciate. And I, I think Sean Connery too is pretty much sleepwalking through this. God, one. he does not care. He yeah. does not yeah. care. He's, he's like. Totally a paycheck. My, my check in the, yeah. the my check in 100%. the bank account. Yeah, the fucking right, wig is bad. Like every, <laughs> Sean Connery is one hundred percent gone. It's amazing this movie even got made when you look back on it in that case. But we're we're at slim pickings territory right now though. So speaking of Johnny, why don't you go ahead and uh, finish your list here with your last pick? Uh I can't I can't go out of the box and go with uh, the second Casino Royale, the first one. <laughs> no, you cannot. No Casino Royale and no Never Say Never Again. These are these are uh, the fucking the Ion Cannon films only. So, Eon, sorry, Eon Productions. So, Juddy, you got one left. I do. And these are the ones that I. <laughs> These are the ones that I don't know much about of anything. Because <laughs> you deliberately didn't watch them. <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces. I don't know if I've seen all of them all the way through, except all for. Right. Uh, well, you got to pick one. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. All right. Tomorrow Never Dies. What a fucking weird movie this is. <laughs> like, especially when you think about it in. in <clears throat> that it's the follow-up to GoldenEye. So this is Brosnan's second movie, and GoldenEye is a smash hit success. Huge letdown. Yeah, this movie is strange. <laughs> like, you know, your your villain is a newspaper tycoon who wants the exclusive rights to broadcast in China for a hundred years. What the fuck kind of premise is that? <laughs> like, dream tries, bigger, dude. And he tries to start a war. To, which to do that, me. he starts a war yeah. to get broadcast rights in China. Which <laughs> reminds me a lot of... Uh, you only live twice. Yeah. Oh, for sure. When yeah. You're trying to, and especially like when his ship like takes over the other ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like very the same as the uh, the capsule taking in the. Yeah. The, Terry, sure. Hatcher, Terry Hatcher doing a good job though in that movie. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was. She a, has a couple of good scenes. Yeah. Uh, I will give some credit to Jonathan Price, the villain of the movie, Dave who is one hundred percent giving the performance of his life, just having a blast. <laughs> Dude is given the most ridiculous dialogue, and he's selling it like no one has ever sold before. Just ranting and yelling and laughing, like my man is having the best time on this movie. So but even if people don't enjoy it, 
he is. Yeah. He was the voice. Remember, he was the voice of all those commercials at the time. He wasn't really. He was Mercedes Benz guy, I think, at the time. But he was used to ridiculousness. Oh, for sure. I mean, have you ever seen Brazil? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the dude does not. He's adept at moving around this shit. But you know, he he knows crazy. Yeah, and he he is really he's firing on every single cylinder and some of Pierce Brosnan cylinders. Who is kind of sleepwalking through this fucking movie, which is it's strange considering you're coming off the heat of Goldeneye, and this movie is just like a flat Brosnan and a weird villain and you know i all respect to michelle yo who i fucking love like she's kind of out of place in this movie which is i it's cool that they would put her in there because you know chinese action was a huge thing in the early thousands here and abroad so it was neat to see some of that get incorporated in this but she's just kind of misused like they don't really give her enough to do i don't know this movie suffers in a lot of ways but it's that's why it's picked so low (laughs) But go ahead. I'm there's, sorry. Did you say anything else? Uh, there's just not a whole lot to to bring it up. There's not much there. It's very very boring without the movie. The, the movie is not enough. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it is not. And there's none of that like craziness that pops out. Like, oh well, I can watch it for Christopher Walken or just how ridiculous over the top this is. It's very mundane newspapers yeah. and news and. But again, uh, like to. To, to, to feel like we're not shitting entirely on these movies, even the bad ones, stuff still happens. Like, yeah. there's, you know, there's a couple of cool uh, set pieces, like the, the motorcycle chases are kind of fun, and, you know, like I said, the villain is ridiculous. The henchman is kind of fun in this movie, too, the Stampa, whatever the fuck he does. I just like saying his name. But, you know, kind of neo-Nazi looking guy, because those are always great to have around. So, again. You can't go wrong with one of those as right, a henchman. As a henchman in a Bond movie. You can't go wrong with them as a henchman in a Bond movie. Don't quote us any other way. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't go around punching them. Yeah. yeah. Also true. Um, but yeah, like to, yeah, not to not to dwell too much longer on this movie. But it's you know, I think it's worth watching at least for Jonathan Price's performance because he's kind of he's kind of killing it. So Chris, that brings us to you with your very last pick in our what do we have? Ridiculous we have Bond draft. By, by my count, we have what? Octo- octopussy, we should have three. We have the Octopussy, the Spy, spy Who Loved Me, for your eyes only. That's yeah. correct. Yep. Three three mores. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. I have a definite pick for myself, so I hope I'm, it makes it to me. But I'm gonna go with uh, I guess the spy who loved. Oh, me. you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and to be, well, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, I don't really remember a whole lot about this movie. Well, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I'm oh, happy oh, to talk to oh, you about okay. it. Okay. Well, go ahead. Um, this is actually one of the last ones I saw in a theater. They when Roger Moore died, rest in peace. Uh, they reshowed. Uh, they had a double feature of this and for your eyes only. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I I, yeah, I, I like this movie. I didn't take it ahead of my, the other picks I had because I like those movies more, obviously, Mm -hmm. but second to live and let die. This is my favorite Roger Moore movie. Uh, I enjoy the premise of bond having to work in the field with another agent, you know, because she is Russian and he is English. So they have to cooperate on stuff. Um, the, the original appearance of jaws who is fun you know as a villain a big giant imposing guy um a lot of cool visual stuff like you're in egypt for a long period of time they're at the pyramids filming in the fucking pyramids which is like 70s is fucking cool yeah uh yeah you know there there are good moments in this movie uh the villain is strange and they don't do enough to play up his weirdness like they have things about the villain in this movie that they don't really mention like my man has webbed hands you see it when they show it but they don't actually show it enough to show you like he lives in his weird underwater fortress that mm-hmm. can like come in and out of the water and it looked like the like, you know, by the way did not that did not look like the legion or the 
the the uh, 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 Legion Doom. You're yeah, right. yeah, Legion yeah, Doom. Yeah, from the fucking looks, Justice. League. Yeah, it just looks. Exactly yeah, the cartoon. Like it it yeah. absolutely looks like that. Yeah, 100 percent looks like that. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I just no, you're good. That's a that's a good note because it totally does. Um, well, that's similar to the plot of uh, of Man with the Golden Gun. Then, yeah, with, uh, the island coming out of the water. Yeah, that yeah. that that note of it is. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and he wants to like destroy Earth because we're fucked, and he's gonna live under the ocean. Like that's the sounds, premise of that movie. Sounds great. It sounds like Waterworld. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Waterworld. It's uh, I don't know. This movie isn't bad. Like I enjoy it, but it's it is so much lesser than the other movies that are preceding it. You know, and even immediately lesser than the first more because this is a second one or no I'm sorry third one and it's it's good but it's not great like I I do enjoy lots of elements of this movie it should be pointed out that the reason I was going to take this last because it has my favorite Bond theme ever in just gonna say nobody does it better it is my favorite theme great song I could spend 20 minutes talking about how great that song is (laughs) I will not but fuck you for taking it ahead of me and now I'm sad but uh, I love you too (laughs) how about that Lotus yeah and the Lotus what a weird little car yeah, water car pulling the fish out and throwing it out. He's getting out of the fucking water. Oh, this movie's so dumb. But it's you know it's it has its place. Um, much like my last pick will be, which is for your eyes only, the second of that double feature. Um, I also like for your eyes only for the same reasons. I kind of appreciate. Uh, but we just talked about the spy who loved me. It has Bond in another weird location he hasn't been in before. It has him like Greece, and then he's, in, you know, there's all that skiing shit going on. There's some more underwater shit, which is fine. It's not, it's not too much. Um, or no, is that the movie with the snowboarding? That's like straight up snowboarding yeah. in that movie. Yeah, isn't it, is. It? it is. Yeah. So James Bond fucking doing his best <laughs> fucking snow with Sean White impersonation. Yeah. Uh, that movie is weird and kind of bad. Uh, underrated Bond girl. Uh, in in that movie, I think she's she's pretty solid. I just forgot her fucking name, and I feel bad now. Your eyes okay? Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jody. Say it again. Uh, Carol Bouquet. Yeah, yeah. she's French she's really Bouquet. good. She's French. Bouquet. Yeah, she's very great. I yes, I enjoy her performance. Yeah. I think she's a little wooden, but not in a way that's bad. I I think she does well in her scenes. She has a lot to do in that movie because she like you know her. She's trying to avenge her family's death and all this shit. Um, there's like a weird mountain retreat with like a guy falling off a cliff and shit, which is kind of fun. Um, a really uncomfortable, uh, very young looking Lynn Holly Johnson as the figure skater trying to hit on Bond and she's like 15 and Roger Moore is a billion. So that that doesn't feel great. But uh, a couple of decent looking henchmen, that dude with the glasses. All these names are leaving me right now. But Also, um, the guy from um, who's in um, Golden Child, the villain. Um he was in Game of Thrones. We just talked about this. Oh, okay. uh, fucking Charles Dance. Yeah, Charles yeah, Dance. Yeah, my bad. I forgot about yeah. Charles Dance. Yeah. yeah, he is a henchman in that movie, which yeah. is like, I mean, cool for him. You know, he would go on to be a better villain, but yeah, absolutely a cool henchman in this movie. So there's there's reasons. To watch. Like I said, again, reasons to watch all of these, but if you're going to watch For Your Eyes Only, they had, to, they had to dial it back because the movies immediately before this were out of control so this follows moonraker you gotta fucking calm it down so they they kind of strip it back down to like a basic spy caper and i think it delivers it's you know it's pretty mediocre as a bond movie but pretty good for the things it's trying to pull off as a regular detective (laughs) film and it's fun like it has moments of pretty fun if you can ignore roger moore getting hit on by a 15 year old then (laughs) you could probably enjoy this movie so roger that leaves you with uh 
the fucking last choice. It's here. Uh, it's ironic too. It's it's octopusy, and uh, quite frankly, I'm okay with that because yeah, it, wasn't that the, you said it was the first one you saw? Yeah, right? it was the first one I saw, and it's, it's a nice little like, bit of nice little bit of symmetry. Yeah, there. a little way to end the book, book it there a little bit, but uh, book it. Yeah, and this movie has some really cool parts to it. The the the, the opening scene with the clown, um, with the undercover M- or um, agent number. <laughs> they have six. all that circus shit in that movie. Yeah, so oh, weird. agent no, uh, 009 <clears throat> gets killed by. It's those cool guys. to see another double O. Yeah, yeah, that that happens. was cool because like holy crap, there's other guys out there, and he gets gunned down or gets knifed down by those two twins, which was a thing in the 80s, twins. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. That weird, like, you know, twins feeling each other out kind of thing, and uh, yeah, that was, uh, I liked I liked that part about it a lot. Um, the, you know, going, of course, like we were talking about a little earlier, the Indiana Jones, I'm going to India, because they're going to some place erotic. Um, mm. So that was kind of thing. Uh, and an actual tennis guy is the that Indian dude that's like a the tennis pro. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, okay. Oh, I was just trying to hit myself down. Just trying to, yeah, because I was trying to go over modulate a little bit. Um, so yeah, the, that that guy who ends up getting killed by the saw the saw thing that the saw thing was the dude awesome. Was like the spinning, yeah, that thing was awesome. Thing. Like right the pillow, it out at people. <laughs> yeah. Remind me of Mega Man, Metal Man for some strange reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really the um, in terms of Maude, like the uh, Maude Adams was typical eighties like that blonde. Or like that? No, no, she was brunette. I'm sorry, but the 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 blonde. He ends up the younger blonde that tries to seduce him. Oh first. yeah, like sp- like flipping down the yeah, window flipping down, shit. yeah, doing all those flips. Like yeah, another thing about eighties, like everybody's doing flips or twins. It was kind of a, like eighties. It was eighties capsulated, and yes, flips and twins, flips and twins. <laughs> yeah, um, twin flips. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting too. What's um, even with. Well, there's some like I remember somebody telling me that um, James Brolin was supposed to be possibly a Bond for this movie, which would have been weird. I've heard that too. Like at yeah. some point, they considered him as the yeah. in the role, which is strange. That would have been a really weird look. Yeah, too. And this is the first time you see somebody other than Bernard Lee as M, because Bernard Lee was oh, yeah, was yeah. that the last one? But yeah, um, he was for your eyes only was the last time he was M. Oh, because he died in 1981. Yeah, or no, okay. he died in 81. So. Um, you know, you see Q evolve quite a bit more in this too. Um, oh, the actor's name was uh, VJ Armage was the Indian. Yeah, yeah, that's the gentleman's name. So, but uh, no, I like I said, I think this movie is. You could tell towards the end, it's this is more. It's just like, all right, <sighs> takes a deep breath, and you know, mailing it in. But he does a really good job uh, with this movie, and I don't, I don't even remember who. The opening theme was done. It was oh, and you know what I ended up finding well, during for the podcast was Rita Coolidge. Yeah, which is weird to think that Rita Coolidge at this time, you know, in the late eighties, you would think they had something else. But yeah. I mean, sometimes you want to stick to that more of a formulaic like delivery for that. Like, no, it's a Bond movie. Let's make a you know a Bond a Bond theme. So I don't know. And, they're, and, and they're not see, all hits. It's you know ironic that you see Roger Moore as a clown. That was weird. It's the whole movie is weird. Yeah, <laughs> the circus aesthetic and all that shit is just yeah. strange to begin with. But uh, it's almost yeah. like he needed a gimmick with all of his movies. <clears throat> no, the, for the sure. Voodoo, the voodoo. And they kind of all have thing. a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for better yeah. or worse, space, <laughs> space gimmick. <laughs> but th- they seem to be just more prevalent in the more movies. Well, that was that was the that was the feeling campy. they wanted to. Yeah, like they wanted them to be campy because they had been so super serious for forever, and then they that's just the direction they took them in. I would argue they did it for too long, but yeah. you know yeah. there is merit to there are merit to 
it's merit to that approach you know what i mean like it did make bond into kind of a joke which is unfortunate but it also made it easier for younger people to get into so you know you can you can earn fans by catching them young and then just working them up the ladder and having watch all the old shit or the new shit now so you gotta you gotta drop in somehow and at the time it was the fucking 70s it was nuts and that that just seemed to work and the 70s were just they were out there yeah <laughs> having been one who didn't live them i mean from hearing in retrospect yeah they seem pretty nuts um well we did it <laughs> so we did a thing some of, the, some of the picks are very interesting we like i said i will post this on the the facebook page uh, at some point for everybody to look at but this was this was ridiculous but just like bond movies this you come you come for the bond and what you expect from them but you're always pleasantly surprised at the ridiculousness in some aspect and i think we delivered on that today um uh as always um we are on the srd website it's uh, com. check us out on the facebook page our twitter at over under fair uh email us at over under fair podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to give us any feedback or anything leave those reviews on itunes and you know i think we're gonna be on spotify at some point in we're the on spotify right now there you go so we're trying to hit you at every fucking place we can guys it's you know we're we're back in its own in our own way <laughs> we're uh we're trying so Please let us know that we're doing all right by you, and we're going to try to keep doing that. I want to thank Chris and Juddy for coming and joining us today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. You guys did good. You guys feel good about it? Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. I wish I wasn't sick and dying. (laughs) You're okay. (laughs) Well, no one had to know that until you fucking told them, but now we're going to keep it in, so now everybody knows. Juddy did this sick for you. So you better appreciate that shit. So if you hear uh, a bunch of coughing earlier, that was me <laughs> trying not to. <laughs> well, he made it. He made it through. We all did. Uh, this has been Dave for Over Under Fair, and thank you again for listening. And hopefully, we'll see you again soon. So thanks. But this again, this I added this out later. No, we're keeping all of this. <laughs> Where did I go? There. Behind the scenes of <laughs> Over Under Fair Podcast with your host. It's fucking amazing. The Over Under Fair uh, after show with Dave Roldan. <laughs> like, well, well, we just did a show, guys. <laughs> like, where, where is your bitches, Mr. Big Time Pimp? Yeah. 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 <laughs>